my children. <laughs> the council has met. And it has been ordained by the spooky bitches of yore that even though it is in the height of August, the heat is still here. This is Halloween. Now rise, my children of the spookies. Rise, my spooktacular brethren. And we shall claim August for Halloween and put up Halloween decorations. For if the major department stores can put up Christmas decorations in the middle of October, why can't we celebrate our favorite season in the middle of summer? And also talk about Day Shift and Archie versus Predator here on the Fake Nerd Podcast. I'm going to take this off. Oh, God, my gosh. What? Hi, everyone. How's it going? What the hell was that? This? Oh, this is pro- quite possibly the best little investment I had, uh, I made when I was at the Heathrow Airport on my way. So it's a travel pillow, and it's actually in the shape of Pinky, the Pac-Man ghost. Oh my and it's, God. And it not... zips open, and it has an eye mask and an actual travel pillow right underneath it so for audio listeners. It's a, yeah, it's a really neat little thing, and it actually helped me a lot on my uh, plane, on my plane flight from Calgary to L.A., <clears throat> All right. Well, hi, everyone. I'm Sparks Witty, and that's Brandon T. McClure. And the voice you heard intro this is Ben Magnet. And this is particularly funny because I don't think Ben was aware that I also now have control of StreamYard. So both Brandon and I saw what Ben was doing before the show started. And we were both like, (laughs) so we just saw our little video boxes, both of us just going, what are we doing? I like doing bits when I start the show, so sue me. I, I know you do. Ben, real quickly, I need to make an amendment to your to your statement. I hate Halloween. Sorry? So, you, I'll keep August. You can have your Halloween. Cool. I'll take more Halloween for me, then. Brandon's always got to come and ruin everyone's party. I just, you know I don't like Halloween. You've known me how long? I mean, I think hate's a strong word. You're right. I don't like it. Yeah, I would say hates a strong word because he goes with us to the haunts almost every year. I hate mm-hmm. it every year. <laughs> yeah, but that one year where that one server gave you a glass, uh, an entire cup of ice and said, dear Brandon, have a great haunt was a fun time. No, it really wasn't. Um, I only do it because I like being included in things uh, sometimes. Um so like we get a bunch of people to go, a bunch of my friends, some of them I haven't seen in years, some of them I haven't seen in a year. But like, oh yeah, I'd love to hang out with them. That it's torture though. <laughs> the things I do to hang out with you people, it is torture. <laughs> anyway. All right. Hi guys. Anyway, audience, after that movie killer, here we are. The, I think the I think the 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 lesson is I love you guys. Oh. Yeah. All right. I have links. You do. Not many though. It's been a, it was a slow week for us. Um, things are gonna are gonna probably slow down a little bit here at the Fake Nerd Podcast Family Podcast because there are some there's a major life change happening uh, in this in the screen to the this side of me. Brandon is gesturing to his left. Yes, I, but I, I forgot the direction. Right. Of what technically, this is. if you're watching, it's it's the right. I get you. Yeah. Uh, so things are, you know, things are going to slow down a bit, but it's very exciting. I'm very excited uh, for you guys, Sparks. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to be moving into a house. I'm going to be a homeowner. It's exciting. Pretty much at the same time we close escrow, I go back to school. 
and uh and at the start of october my work will not let me call time off anymore so it's a it's it's just it's oh. just gonna be it's gonna be a great time guys it's gonna be we're a gonna great have end a lot of year. fun we're I gonna have a lot of fun i can see the sadness in your eyes um i gotta talk about where i work it's pretty nope. shitty <laughs> uh but until then uh our uh sparks you I actually featured quite heavily in our links. Uh, so actually, I will say, I will say, um, uh, on my screen rant work is once again uploaded. There was only one published article from me this week. It was it was the article on ranking all the Predator films according to Rotten Tomatoes. I stand by what I said last week. I think AVP is way too low. Um, but that said, um, you can check out all sorts of other things in my screen rant work now that I'm home. For those of you who don't know, I've been dealing with some family problems. I am home now in Los Angeles, and my workflow will start to pick up once again. So I'm more importantly, more importantly, Brand, you are back home with your cat son, who missed you. He will not leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> He's being a little bitch. I just, I just went on our real quick. I just went on our YouTube page to like quickly change, just in case uh, the photo for this episode to our actual photo and the photo is ben with the with the eyes <laughs> right now and i'm like maybe i should just leave it <laughs> with with my little uh with with, with pinky's yes. eyes yeah, yeah that's pretty you look good. like you look like um oh shit i did do that this week you look like uh the people when they have star on their face oh 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 yeah yeah okay. the same dead eye look <laughs> oh the same dead fish eye charm okay forgot i watched uh, the suicide squad this week things in my things in my life have slowed down a bit um my my father who broke his hip is home and my mother is um uh uh dealing with that now uh it's hard but anyway um i'm home so pit work is going to start start picking up on my end a, a lot quicker but so that's all the that's all the personal links because ben you didn't also mm -hmm. you also didn't publish anything this week correct no i mean I you did however you did, however, have a piece recently published in Fusion, didn't you? I did, yeah. Shit, let me get that. Yeah, so uh, Fusion issue 34. Uh, I'm actually very proud of this article. Let me flip it over here. Ah, damn it. There you are. Yeah, so I wrote an article for Fusion about the legitimacy of video game music. And oh, I even cool. mentioned mine and Brandon's alma mater, CSUN, because a few years ago, CSUN actually, they have a club of a bunch of musicians where they get together and they play music from different video games, all sorts of different video games. And they even held a concert a few years ago. And I'm bummed out because this happened after I graduated, but at the same time, but also the article is just about how, um, while the debate is still raging on to this day about whether video games can be considered art or not, the music of video games are being played in concert halls all over the world. And excuse me, excuse me. Bear McCreary did the score for God of War. Uh, it's their art. Oh um, yeah, da damn right, damn right. But also one of the, also I mentioned, and this actually got my brain thinking because last year, um, during the opening ceremony of the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, when the all the athletes came out in the procession of countries and the athletes, video game music was being played over the loudspeakers. It wasn't. It wasn't just any sort of. It was all music from different video games: Sonic, Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts they were playing it as these top tier athletes were walking into the stadium. So yeah, it's an article I'm very proud of issue 34 of fusion magazine, go buy it and check it out and read it. Hope you enjoy it. And interestingly enough, that's not going to be the last time we talk about Northridge in this episode. Um, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and then uh so so that's so i'll i'll i forgot to link that i'll link a purchase link if i can find it to fusion gaming in the description mm -hmm. uh for after the fact so those watching the rewind that that'll be there right. uh audio people that's going to be there oh yeah and also um, um i haven't gotten it yet but when you when i do when you do put the purchase link on there for the issue there's going to be issue 34 and under issue 34 is a special fusion final fantasy issue which i do have a small article in about why final fantasy 15 is actually a pretty good game so that's going to be in there as well. Are there Sparks, people... did you raise your hand to say something? No, I was stretching. Sorry. Okay. Um, are there people who don't think Final Fantasy 15 is a good game? There's been some discourse recently. Okay. I don't feel I like know. I don't feel like the naysayers are quite strong enough to say like it's actually a pretty good game. Eh, I don't get me wrong. There are parts of 15 in the story department that aren't the best, but everything else just like trumps it for me. So you could chalk that up to almost any Final Fantasy game, though. Yeah. All right. So I got a question. Am I glitching or are you guys? You don't look like you're glitching on our you end. Don't, you're fine on my end. Interesting, because you guys are glitching on my end, both of you. Okay. Uh -oh. Well, we're not seeing that. So it must be for you that we look like that. Interesting. Okay. Well, anyway. Everything looks well, crispy clean. We'll power mm. on through. Crispy okay. clean. <clears throat> uh, two new episodes were dropped this week um a what came first a review special for nope uh you sparks did that with ryan i did i did i don't have a lot to say about it because um we don't talk about it a lot because we don't want to tell anyone what that movie really is um mm -hmm. if you've seen the movie you should definitely watch it it's a great discussion we're very happy with nope um that's it go check it hopefully out gonna, hopefully gonna see it this week yeah should good and then uh umbrella academy sparks once again in the description sparks uh you and i did umbrella academy season three yeah people ask me to do things i just say yeah <laughs> that does seem to happen uh i was really happy to get to do that because um it seems like we wouldn't get get to do umbrella academy uh, ben and ryan had not had a chance to sit down and watch it um and the two of us had yeah. Uh, so I was glad that we got to got to hash that one out. Yeah, I, I knew it, we were. It's been a while for me though. Yeah, I knew we were going to get to that one one way or another. You did jump mm -hmm. on it a little quick. I was like, I knew we weren't going to record it that quick. So when you when you had already watched it, I was like, it's not going to be that soon. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I had I had only one window with my partner to watch it, so I was like, well, I guess I guess this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Although in hindsight, it was between Lock and Key and Umbrella Academy. Probably should have gone with Lock and Key. No, now the third season's out. Just watch the whole thing. Yeah, I think I will. I I unfortunately can't watch Lock and Key yet because my fiance and I are not in the same place yet. So I gotta wait. Uh, yeah, too bad we never get to do that anymore. Fake nerds watch for. Lock the nice thing key. is but... I know the nice thing is I know it's the last season, so it's not like, ooh, if I'm not helping contribute to those numbers, it's like I'm killing mm -hmm. the show. I'm not killing the show. The show's done. Right, so that's all the links you can find in the description. They are linked below. Check them out. Uh, cool stuff all around. Who wants to go first of their week? Ben does. Big Bentley. Let's go. I quit. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, you guys are never going to let me uh, live that down. So after a whole two weeks of me doing a whole lot of shit, I did absolutely nothing mm. media-wise. Only thing I really did was just write an article for Fusion, and I'm currently working on an article for uh, OSG. 
I haven't touched my PlayStation. I haven't played any video games. If I was consuming any sort of media, it would just be the funny memes that Brandon would send me on my Instagram and scrolling through TikTok before I go to sleep. That's you, literally all I did. You heard it here first, folks. Ben Magnet, runner of Basement Arcade Paws Menu, king of video games in the fake nerd world, has yet to touch multiverses, the new Smash Brothers style fighting game. Has not done it. Yet. What are you doing? What are you doing, Ben? Other stuff. Other <laughs> things have propped up that I need to do. Hell, even when my first Monday back to work, I not only had my therapist appointment, I also had a dentist appointment that exact same day. That well, was... That's, uh, just, that's just terrible planning. That is terrible planning. That, I did not... I was not prepared for that. You, I know what you did, too, because you went and you looked and you're like, I just got to make sure these things are clear of my vacation. Once I'm back from vacation, I can take care of these things. Oh shit, I'm back. Those things are the same day. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, indeed. So, um, yeah. Is that your but, week? Pretty much. I mean, I went okay. to Benihana for dinner last night. That's about it. Um, media media right. wise, I didn't really do anything much. I didn't do anything. I do need to get multiverses. Um, besides that i haven't touched my playstation 5 i haven't even touched any video i will just come home go to sleep wake up do some work and then go to work this is real quickly ben i just want to reiterate what this section is it is about what we did what we didn't do you you forgot to say not what we didn't do <laughs> oh yeah ben look at your name <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I you was waiting it, for you to look. Spelled it wrong, but that's okay. God damn it. Did I really? Yeah, there's an E before the Y. Eh, um, whatever. Ben, it's all with love. Okay, I'll go because I also have literally little to report. It's not to say that I didn't consume a lot of media. It's just most of the media I consumed was the same thing. Yeah. Um, because I'm living that summer of anime life, baby. And I actually have things to say about some of the things I watched. Um, so I'll talk about them. Um, let's see. Oh, Land of the Lustrous. <coughs> Excuse me. Ben, do you know what this is? I do not. Okay. Land of the Lustrous. Would you stop? No. The whole Land episode. Of, Land of the Lustrous is the same um, studio that made B-Stars for Netflix. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. It's yeah. so it's all 3D animation, but like this is the only studio that seems to be able to do 3D anime and make it look good. Um, I watched the entire. There's only 12 episodes out. Um, I watched the entire season. There will be more. The manga is like in chapter 90 or something. Um, it's very. I, I don't want to say it's like Steven Universe because that's not accurate, but like the concept of like gems as people is a similar thing here. Mm. Um, it's long after human life. We're not really clear where we are, but we do know humans once existed long time ago. Um, these gems are born and they look like uh, young girls. They live for a very long time. They are judged upon... <laughs> so, ben, ben, for the audio listeners, Ben has changed his name to big magnet damn it no nope. <laughs> i didn't even notice the big part i did notice the big oh, uh, boy. I, I, I didn't notice the big until afterwards <clears throat> i just saw the bentley part and i changed it oh. and then of course right when i changed it i saw the big part i'm like son of a bitch <laughs> that was good 
All right, sorry, Sparks. So I apologize, Sparks. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. Um, so they are uh, judged by their, not judged, but like they're determined for what they can do for the society by their hardness level, and so they all are gems. And what's cool about the 3D animation, what makes it work here, is because they are gems. Their hair move like it looks like a gem when they move. So like while the hair is in a, the style of like hair in anime, um, the way that like the gloss and the shimmer moves looks like a gem inside of the hair. Ooh, so that's cool. like where the animation like really shines with it. Um, they are living in this world where they are constantly attacked by people they call the Lunarians. They do come from the moon. Um, <clears throat> they kind of appear in the sky as like this cloud forming of kind of Buddhist imagery. It is not clear what exactly they're, why exactly they're doing this. There's a lot of mystery to the show and not all the mysteries are answered by the end of the first season. Um, and they show up and they want to harvest the gems. And if they do happen to catch one of them and take them away, then they shatter them and they come back with like weapons armed with pieces of them. So like they'll equip their gem pieces to like arrows and things like that, which is really brutal and screwed up when you think about it. Um, because these people are being attacked by the friends they've lost, literally in arrowheads that are being pointed at them. Shit, I forgot something. I'll be right back. That's fine. Um, so it's a like I said, it's a lot of like what's going on. There's a lot of mystery to it, um, but it's pretty cool. The art style's really good, and the music is really good. So I do recommend it, Ben. I think you would like it a lot. Um, okay. It's very like to me, mm -hmm. without knowing a lot about Ruby. Oh, okay. um, it's very much like what if Ruby looked visually really good? No offense, um, but like like visually really good. Um, but like a lot of the the caricature lady styles is in that that vein. Um, okay, and like I just think that the the whole setup is cool. It's really strikingly pretty, mm -hmm. um, and the like I said, the music is really powerful. Like I like the music a lot. Um. I'm also watching on my own. I've started catching up on My Hero Academia, so I'm done with season three. Nice. And uh, I'm probably going to go into season four soon. We'll see. And then the other thing, the other major thing I did is I've started Demon Slayer. I am not far in. Oh, uh, uh, how many episodes? Literally like five. But, okay, so did he take the, the 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 big selection test yet or no? I forgot. Yes. Yeah, that's okay. over. He, he's, he's so he he's an official part of the Demon Slayer Corps now. Yes, he's going. His next thing is to go on his first mission. Oh, oh, you were in for a treat. Yeah, like Demon Slayer's cool. Um, it's it's good stuff. Uh, I I think the style and design is good enough that like very standard shonen writing can't bog it down too much. Yeah. Like I, I will say, like, like, no character particularly stands out to me so far. Which five episodes in? That's like, like, yeah, nobody feels unique. Yet. Yeah, I, definitely. Tanjiro does straight up feel like your standard um, anime protagonist. I want to say maybe when you meet Sonosuke and Zenitsu, that might change a little bit. But I'm, not, I'm but sure not, there are. Yeah, 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 but not to give too much. Um, because you're still you're still 
brand spanking new into Demon Slayer, there are definitely mem uh, characters much later on, especially in the last season that aired, who have definitely become some of my favorites just because they're so, what's the right word? They're so eccentric. Sure. And it's just, and like, it's like I latched onto those characters more than I did like the main ones. Like, I still like Tanjiro, don't get me wrong, but it's like, I care more about these other characters, and the focal point isn't on them. It's on Tanjiro, Zenitsu, and Sonosuke. Or, yeah. Uh, Inosuke. Um, we we had a, a long discussion on, like, the list of anime that the Bergmans, my friends I'm living with, felt that I should be watching next. And we, we ultimately landed on Demon Slayer. Um, but it definitely, like... We started Demon Slayer, didn't we? No, that was Jujutsu Kaisen. Thank you. They are There are some similarities in that. Jujutsu Kaisen, I'm really glad you brought up, though. Like, um, the thing about Jujutsu for me is that it's playing with a lot of the same fire of shonen stuff that Demon Slayer is doing, except that the main character is right away different from your standard shonen protagonist and someone I enjoy. Um, and like I was just saying to Ben, like, I'm five episodes into Demon Slayer, and I, I think it's good. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm coming from Hunter x Hunter and My Hero Academia and being like, yo the character writing in that is like really solid and then come over here to demon slayer and i'm like this is all right there's really cool art going on and good design style but like the, the character wise i'm like i'm sure we'll get somewhere um I nobody's would, grabbing me yet yeah i would definitely say <laughs> the even the early effects with the with tanjiro's water breathing it's there's still some of the most stunning and beautiful animation i've seen in a long time yes i do think that the you should watch Land of the Lustrous. Um, okay. I do think that the art animation with his the, the water stuff, even though I've barely seen like a lot of it, I've seen some, um, is good. I do think that's a good animation thing. There, there's a lot of, like I said, art-wise, visual, a lot of great stuff in Demon Slayer. Mm -hmm. uh, Writing-wise is where I'm like, this is... And from my understanding, like for the most part, it, it will stay a little basic. And that's yeah. fun. Um, uh the other thing is I also finished Mob Psycho 100 Season 2. Um, that is, if you guys forgot from the last time I talked about finishing Season 1, uh, the other project from the author of One Punch Man, which is much more the one that he's like, I've dedicated a lot of thought to this. Um, that's an incredible show. Just, like, amazing. Um, <sighs> so, I don't want to give too much away, so I'm not gonna. I'm not going to, like, lay too hard on this but there's like this there's just, there's just this incredible moment so like mob is 1000 percent the strongest person on the planet psychically mm -hmm. he just is and like but he's not he's not really into using it to fight people but um when shit hits the fan in season two uh there's this organization of guys who are like, they are making their moves to now take over the world with their psychic powers because they truly believe that nobody on the planet can challenge them. They're the top, top of the heap. And then all of a sudden mob walks onto the scene. And like when he walks into the area, like one of the dudes had just been saying like, we can't be touched. Why wouldn't we take over the world? And then all of a sudden he senses mob and mob is already like kind of engaged. And so he's like, Oh, what? And then he's so distracted by this. And he's like using his senses to sense any psychics around him. Mm -hmm. That in that same moment, this dude who Mob works for, who's just a fake psychic, who uses Mob, and he has no powers, but but Mob thinks that he has powers, and so he refers to him as Master. Mm -hmm. 
comes up and just lays a like a hundred punches onto the guy normal human punches that the guy just didn't see coming and so he's like what how did that happen i didn't even sense this guy and then mom's like oh master you're here and so this dude is translating this normal human being as i can't even read this guy and his <laughs> student is insane this man must be crazy and he's just like i'm out and like it's it's so good and like it's such a good bit that they've used very well of like villains just don't get because the most powerful person they've ever encountered refers to this normal human man that's monster they're all like he's just hiding his shit oh shit um and so they're just like psyched out of their minds guys it's such a funny show it's so good um i highly recommend it uh i think all total it's about 25 26 episodes for both season one and two together and that's all that's out right now Y'all, y'all, it's really good. Like, if you like anything about One Punch Man, you should be watching Mob Psycho 100. It's so, so fantastic. I have a question. Yeah, absolutely. Who would win? Saitama or Ultra Instinct Goku? Look, the reality is it's Saitama. <clears throat> and I say this because... Ultra Instinct Goku can't be touched. Buddy, I've read That's the manga. His power. Ultra... Buddy, I've read the manga. Ultra Instinct Goku can't be touched. Um... Uh, that's fair. I'm not caught here's, up. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, I will always, regardless of it, I will always say, like, if you say, who wins Saitama or this, I will always say Saitama. And the reason is because he's literally created to be that person. He's mm -hmm. literally created to be the character that it's like, no, it's him. And he does it in one punch. That's that's his whole thing. He is a character created to be unbeatable. I didn't, I didn't mean to stir up anything. I was only thinking because, as, as far as I know, Ultra Instinct is the is is uh, dodging without thinking. Yeah. Goku's body just moves. So if, sure. if if Saitama goes in for a punch, he couldn't land one on Goku because that's what the point of Ultra Instinct. Sure, that's what but I we, was thinking. I, I hear you. Whis could still beat Goku though. Mm, good point. So like you know that's what I mean. It's like everybody always lives by power scales, and Saitama's whole point is that your power scale doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, it just it just doesn't like somehow Saitama would not be able to kill but to be killed by Zenosama like somehow he just wouldn't like it's just he's he's the guy he is the guy mm. who's just like no he just wins that's just how it goes he's written to be that character and I'm fine with that mm -hmm. um, all right it's a good shtick didn't mean to stir up anything no you didn't you oh, didn't no. uh you didn't it's just a thing where it, I'm not upset about it I just think I, I think that it's funny. It's more me projecting when I see other people get like actually angry. Sure. And like and like kind of being like, guys, that's literally why he exists. He exists to put an end to the like who would win between Saitama and Super? It's Saitama. Like that he exists to end the, the argument. That's mm -hmm. his whole thing. He the, the guy one made the character so that he would just be boop done over. It's it. Um, Saitama can solo Goku. <laughs> Saitama could solo the entirety of the Dragon Ball universe. That's the whole thing. He can take them all. Um, yeah. Cause like knowing that, so the, this is my stupid brain thinking, but like no, knowing absolutely. that I was like, well, obviously any super Saiyan form or Kaioken form can be beaten by Saitama. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because it's one punch, but then, but because I have not read sure. further than. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, I've read some of the Moro arc, but he hasn't been able to hit ultra instinct since the <clears> tournament. As far as yeah. I'm, as far as I'm, where I'm at, yeah, yeah. And it's like the idea is that like Ultra Instinct is supposed to dodge without thinking, and so I was like, oh, that'd be an interesting matchup because like if Saitama can't land that punch, then what would happen? You know, right, 
yeah then be a draw because that's because this is the this is also the whole thing like this is this is actually kind of fun so like this is the whole thing is that saitama you can't let goku do that right mm -hmm. because goku stops being an interesting character if goku can literally just never be beaten. right saitama is an interesting character because the point isn't about saitama being able to beat anybody the point is about everything he is besides that and he's a character designed that way and that's why he's an interesting character to have mm -hmm. and to watch and goku's not designed that way goku's designed to always push past his limits and have to meet the next challenge if goku can't meet the next challenge then goku has no point as a character Good and point. so that's like that's like really what it is is that saitama works because saitama is interesting regardless of the fact that he can never be beaten mm -hmm. and goku wouldn't be well stay tuned for our review of dragon ball super superhero yeah. coming next week <laughs> all right my summer of yeah. anime continues i am done go ahead it is uh it is going to be very interesting to, to log on twitter tomorrow okay why because of me no just every time someone says oh who can be who in a fight twitter like the twitter comments are just nobody awful. watches the show ben anyway um <laughs> Um, my, my mama watches the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what? So I I don't have a lot. Um, so I'll start with um, I started the Amazing World of Gumball this morning. Oh, 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 oh! <laughs> Spots, oh, are you okay? Paramount, what are you doing to me? <laughs> Very good. Oh, although speaking of good things, cool things that got in the mail. Guess what showed up to this week? Oh, oh yeah. I did. I, did, I got that too. Yeah. Uh, mine showed up at a, a different location, but I do have it as well. It's the, the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 Steelbook, folks. It's yep. super sick. Yeah, because Spark straight up told me, he sent me the link. He's like, hey, do you, are you, do you have enough money to buy this? I'm like, yeah, I think I do. He's like, good, buy it. I did not. And so I texted Sparks and I said, hey, want to do me a favor? <laughs> and then I immediately the regretted it. But Sparks, being the kind person he is, had already done it. Everybody, everybody should have the best video game ever made on that beautiful steelbook. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, anyway, I'm super happy that you started watching Amazing World of Gumball. That's amazing. Yeah. I, Literally I, amazing. I, I wasn't sure what to watch today. And I was like, yeah, I got, I got time to kill. We're recording at, a, at an awkward time for me because I'm like, it's, it's, it's early. It's too early to start. Like, it, it was too early or too late to start something. So I was like, Amazing World of Gumball is only 11 minute episodes. I could blow through a bunch of those. Um, it's great. It's wonderful. As as you always has, have you as you always have, have told me, it's um, such a lovable show, and absolutely my hero, my humor. There is a um, as 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 you know, some people some people have diagnosis as an ADHD thing, but uh, as as you may or may not know, some humor humor works for me when it's unpredictable, when it's mm -hmm. like the super like master chicken is always yeah. the thing I go to is like, no one expects a long shot of a little chicken. <laughs> Very yes. funny to me. Yes. Um, from Kung Fu Panda three. <clears throat> so, um, so it's the unpredictability of humor. Um, the, the, la the bigness, the boldness of humor that really just gets me. And that's pretty much all gumball. Yes. That's the entirety of the, of the show. I, yes, I a hundred percent. Um, there's a bit, such a small bit, but it's like the dad had washed the clothes. It's the episode where Gumball has to wear a wedding dress. Yes. Um, and uh, the dad had washed all the clothes, and they were going. He was going. He's reaching up on the wardrobe to get 
to get uh, clothes for Gumball because he can't go to school naked. And he's holding on to it after the after Gumball leaves. And he's just like, wow, I'm really surprised that the that the that the wardrobe hadn't hasn't fallen yet. And then it starts to shake. It's like, oh no, oh no. And then it stops for a beat, and then the door swings open and he flies out the window. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> Gumball Gumball regularly zigs when you expect it to zag. Um, I'm only a few episodes in, but I really like it. Um, there's a lot of episodes, so it's going to take me a bit, but I'm happy I started it. I'm, I'm so pleased. This is wonderful news. I love it. I knew you'd be happy about this. Um, ben, have you seen The Amazing World of Gumball? Oh, I've seen episodes. I haven't seen the whole thing, but I've definitely seen episodes. I watched a lot of episodes when I was in college, actually. And Interesting. I've yeah. seen a lot through TikTok. I've seen clips of TikTok. I've seen definitely a lot of clips through uh, Instagram. People but... are, are are very people on TikTok and Instagram like sharing the gumball as gay scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I also watched a bit of anime. Uh, besides Amazing World of Gumball, I watched Dragon Ball Z BoJack Unbound. Oh. Um, I figured I was like, you know, superheroes coming up. Should probably uh, probably step on the gas a bit to watch these movies. Watch watch the one other anime movie that was about Gohan. Yeah, uh, I I wasn't crazy about Bojack as a villain. One of the I, I struggle a lot with the movie villains specifically because I think even in hindsight with Cooler because like I like Cooler as a kid, but like kind of going back to it, there's not really much to him outside of he's just Frieza again. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of villains that are just, oh, we've seen this, but more interesting on Dragon Ball Z already. Yes. And so, like, a lot of the villains, they kind of have these cool, like, ideas around them. They're just, they're not really all all there. They're not really all formed Mm -hmm. as, like, concepts. And that's, that's been a, that's been a struggle for me. I think interestingly enough, Broly gets the closest to being a fully formed villain. Yeah, uh, because you know they wanted to play a lot with the concept of the legend. Yeah, um, and just I think you get even if it's like crumbs, and it is you get just a little bit more ooh sense of Saiyan history and Saiyan lore, and that's like that's something. Yeah, um, like you don't. Cooler would have been better if Cooler gave you more insight on like Frieza's family and yeah. like King Cold and like the the hierarchy of how they existed in the galaxy, but it doesn't do yeah. that. No, you're right. And then even the second time we meet Cooler, it's kind of less interesting. Yeah. Um, and Outside then, of yeah. like uh, some genuinely sick ass uh, action scenes with Goku and Vegeta fighting side by side as Super Saiyans, which which is notable only because it was the first time it had ever happened. Right. But Vegeta uh, shows up so Vegeta shows up so randomly in that movie. Oh yeah. Halfway through the movie, he just like, I'm here now. Look, honestly, all of the Dragon Ball Z films that have been adapted by um the Team Four Star team are superior in that format. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. So okay, so what else do I want to say about some of these movies? Um oh Garlic Jr. was kind of an interesting villain, actually thinking back on him, because there is a lot of history there because his father was meant to be the guardian of Earth before Kami showed up. Um and so like that that was kind of cool. Um but outside of that, like you know, like Turles and Lord Slug are just King Piccolo and Vegeta again. 
Um, garlic garlic jr is interesting because he evolved from being a pilaf clone yeah and then they made him more interesting yeah but like he was just he was going to be pilaf again that's what they were doing initially and then um so was uh dr slump dr slump also was kind of unique in his own way like it it was it's it's almost jero before jero yeah that's a good point um but then you get like android 13 uh, it's just Android 18 and 17 again. Um, just less interesting. Um, and so, like, Bojack great... is... Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say great character designs. Lots of great character yeah. designs all the time, because Toriyama would design these characters and then say, all right, I guess here for your movie. Cooler is a great character design. I really like that fourth form. Um, I think Cooler's... I think Cooler's color scheme is better than Frieza's. Yeah, personally. yeah, I'll agree with that. I think that's also why I like... Um, fridge oh god i don't know from the tour you know the tournament guy yeah oh um frost frost um yeah i I think that's also why i like him because i like his color scheme as well frost is cool frost when he shows up in super is a good good use of of the that type yeah um uh frost by the way ben because i know you haven't seen super right yeah uh frost is a the basically like a parallel universe version of Frieza, mm-hmm. but uh, but when he's introduced, you learn that he's the the like hero oh, of okay. his universe, and so like everyone's like, oh god, it's gonna be like a Frieza thing again. And it's like no, he's like the the champion who saves everyone in his universe, and he like he, like him and Goku like like each other. Huh. It's really cool. So he um, wouldn't kick Vegeta in the dick. Well. There's a bit more to the to the to the. I won't, I won't say more, but I will say that it's an interesting setup that you should watch. Yeah. All right. Um, so Bojack, as far as I can tell, doesn't really have a um, uh, an analog to Dragon Ball Z. Um, but I find the concept of the four Kai's came together and. Uh, uh, trapped him and then destroying cell cell destroying King Kai's planet uh, freed him that to be kind of cool but then it just kind of he shows up very late in the movie and then doesn't really and then only says only spouts one liners while he's beating up the Z fighters and I'm like yeah all right sure um, truly and I'm sure it's a point you're going to get to that like the only value really in Bojack Unbound is the concept of like this being Gohan's first test of being like Earth's protector post Goku's death in the Cell games. Yeah that's exactly what I was about to say. Um, The benefit of this is its placement where Z was at the time which is it's after the Cell game so Goku's dead and Gohan is the the hero of Earth now. Um, You know leading go ahead I was going to say, I wish Toriyama would like be willing to go back words in time and like fill in story things because like if he wanted to make a movie like this, like just say, forget Bojack because he already says forget the canon of these old movies anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and tell a story about Gohan's first test post Goku. I feel like that would be really cool. Me too. Um, you know, we're just in a different age of like anime film um, than what they were at the time. With Dragon Ball... What one of the things that was interesting about Dragon Ball is that, and I watched a lot of Totally Not Mark, which is so this this kind of has informed a lot of my opinion of what I'm about to say, which sure. is that Dragon Ball 
you know, once Master Roshi is introduced in the story, it's kind of becomes the story of how Goku becomes the the the, the hero of Earth and takes over for, from Master Roshi. Mm-hmm. He essentially Dragon Ball is about Goku taking over Master Roshi's role and the and on on Earth. Um, right. And then Goku, then Dragon Ball Z is kind of set up to be that for Gohan, mm-hmm. and then it's not. And that right. always is kind of strange. Like, I know the Boo Saga was always supposed to be the thing, and it was always blah, blah, blah. But it always felt strange to me that we set up the end of Gohan's arc so well at the end of the uh, of the Cell Saga. And then he just becomes a joke because Goku comes back into play. And I yeah. kind of feel like maybe that wasn't the play. Maybe Goku probably never should have come back into the fray. I, I, I feel like... It's not the Boo Saga that made Gohan the joke. It was, yeah. it, honestly, it was GT. Um, mm, yeah. Because in 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 Z, he still tries, mm-hmm. you know, like, and he mm-hmm. gets close to beating Boo. They just yeah. want Goku and Vegeta to take the spotlight. And honestly, yeah. arguably, as they probably should. Because I think the one flaw in the Gohan taking up the, the uh, mantle position for the future of z is um sidelining vegeta Mm, that's a good point that's a good point and i think i think that there is an amount of like recognizing (laughs) the show is is goku and vegeta Mm -hmm. um as much as like you're right and z is building to that arc of gohan and like gohan has his his place goku and vegeta are like a pinnacle that it's hard to just take away and it's hard to imagine Vegeta working without Goku. That's a good point. Uh, as always. Um, but anyway, so Bojack Unbound works very well because it allows Gohan to be the hero of the movie. And there is a there is a moment actually that played very well for me. And I didn't I wasn't sure if it, if it would because this is my first time watching it. But there's a moment where Goku basically wills himself back to life for a second to say to like do a like a last minute save for gohan mm-hmm. and it's and it's framed at least in our dub as him being so angry that his son is in trouble and he can't do anything about it he wills himself so hard to save his son and it's a really mm-hmm. powerful moment um for goku that i really dug um and then the rest of the movie goku is off the, off the table and he's able and gohan is able to be the hero and that that was really cool I'm kind of sad that it's really taken until now to get another one of those. Right. Because Superhero is going to be a Gohan movie. But yeah. It'll be it'll be cool to see what Toriyama brings to it now yeah. and what he's willing to, to do with it. I'm, I'm looking at the Bojack Goku saves Gohan moment right now just to remind yeah. myself what it was because I have not watched this movie in a long time. Yeah. Oh, you're right. That is cool. Yeah, isn't it? And he just like wills himself back to life. Yeah, that's cute. I can rem- I can imagine the impact of that uh, for an audience that like, especially at the time, was just like reeling from Goku dying. Yeah, um, and like a lot of the movie has to do with that. And so like, and like, there's this really great thing because Trunks is not supposed to be there. Like, future Trunks is not supposed to be in this timeline. But right. then they. They rec- they they like yeah after Trunks after Trunks beat the androids and came back and told us he decided to do a tournament with us and we're like yeah all right whatever that's how it goes uh, mm-hmm. 
Uh, I agree with you now, Sparks, though, now that you brought that up, that I wish the Toriyama would go backwards and do at least a movie, a canon movie set between the Cell Saga and the Boo Saga. Yeah. That'd be cool. I feel like that'd be cool. You uh, know, we're just in a different, we're, di- we're in a different age, and I'm like, you know, there probably are pockets we could explore in Dragon Ball history instead of only exploring, like, where we're at right now. Yeah. But not that so we have to. But we're not. We're, we're jumping to the future for superhero. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, the final thing I want to talk about, I was not prepared for that Dragon Ball thing to go so long. That was cool. I like that. <clears throat> Predator. Marvel's Predator comic dropped uh, this week in mm-hmm. kind of a fun synergy with Prey. Um, who's, by the way, who's talking in the background? Is that, that's, is that, ben, that's on Ben. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, um, so I, I decided, so um, I, I picked it up and I'm a big predator mood right now. So I was like, oh, reading it right now. Um, so I, I, I read it and it's pretty much a setup issue, but I do think it's, it's setting up something really interesting. Um, basically, the story is about a, a young girl whose entire colony is set in the future. Her colony was wiped out by a predator with three mandibles. And now on another, she... On another planet? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, it's like a human colony on a uh-huh. different planet set in the okay. future. Gotcha. Um, and she, she, the predator doesn't kill her because she's a child, and she escapes. So she escapes and spends the next ten years hunting and killing predators. Mm. And we meet her, kind of at the tail end of that, where she's like closing in on the three on the three mandibled predator. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really into that idea. It's not quite the idea that I really that I want to see from Predator because. Uh, Quite honestly, I'm not really too sure what I want to see for Predator right now. Um, I just know it's more. I'm more Predator. Um, but it's setting up an interesting concept that I think could go <clears> some, into some pretty interesting places. And I like the idea of this girl having trained herself to hunt Predators and use their weaponry and use their armor. And um, I think that's a really cool idea. So I'm very interested to where it could go. Um and like I said, it's a setup issue. So it's really like, you know, maybe two or three issues to get up and running. But I think it could be pretty cool. I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked about that. Nice. That's my week. Cool. Who wants to go who wants to do what? Who wants to go into the bread and butter? Uh absolutely. Let's do it. Yum 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 right. yum 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 yum. Sad news up top. And Heshi. And Hesh? And Heche. And Heche. Uh, passed away at the age of 53 due to brain damage and burns sustained from a car crash that happened last week. Um, for those of you who probably don't recognize the name, uh, she's the lead in Volcano. She's the female lead in Volcano. Great movie. Um, and uh, uh, for for you nerds out there, she was Toph's youngest daughter in The Legend of Korra. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she was also one of the first like out actors she was dating ellen degeneres ages yeah. ago in the 90s mm-hmm. um, yeah she's got a yeah. good body of work behind her um it's unfortunate that she had the accident she did um mm-hmm. regardless of if that was you know uh due to it's not clear i know that they're doing drug tests but like um you know if she was under the influence of something that caused the accident or not yeah it doesn't appear to be it doesn't appear to be a vehicular malfunction um, 53 though that's too young yeah, it's, it's still unfortunate regardless. Um, just, yeah. just an awful, 
Uh, I know they were saying like pretty pretty quickly last week that they were just like I they didn't think she was going to pull through. Mm-hmm. Um, still unfortunate to see. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a bummer. I didn't really know her until I read the the rundown sheet today that she was the voice on Avatar on Legend of Korra. And I'm like, man, that sucks because I really liked that character too. So. Yeah. Um, and then Olivia Newton-John. Mm-hmm. Don't have to say much about her. She is an incredible singer. Grease. Um, <clears throat> she passed away at the age of 73. Uh, cancer. Yeah. She's been battling cancer about for three times now she's had cancer. Um, and she's been battling off and on for years. And I finally caught up with her. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> good, good long life. Yeah. Um, I really liked Olivia Newton-John. That sucks. Yeah, it yeah. is a big bummer. Yeah, I well, sadly I don't have much to say about Olivia Newton-John either. I just I just know her from Greece and that's that's it. She's quite honestly the only thing I like in Greece. I'm not a big Greece fan. I don't um, like I Greece like, at all. Oh, don't you not? Um I really like Olivia Newton-John though. I think she's really fun in that role. And that, I that I never even seen Greece all the way through. I've seen snippets I mean, of course, they uh, when the news broke, they played "Summer Loving" on the or "Summer Loving" on the radio. But at the same time, I don't know why Greasers has always been one of those musicals that people say it's like, "Oh, you have to see it, you have to see it." But then it's just that the more movie talk- musicals, movie musicals before the '80s were not good. Okay. Period. <laughs> um, I will say, like, uh, I I'm also I don't have a lot of affinity for her career I, I i respect her place culturally and like um you know she's in face off for um an extent oh, right. of it yeah not not <clears throat> not an overly large trunk because it's yeah. it, you know it's just not about her um uh but um sorry i lost my thought for a second uh i i respect where she belonged in the culture as mm-hmm. far as i'm concerned the only thing that i really ever saw that I, I remember liking her in, and it's in a goofy way, and I haven't seen it in a long time. Is Xanadu? What's Xanadu? Uh, it's a 1980 um, kind of musical movie. It's it's very it's very 1980, um, <laughs> and it's uh, it's her and um, I think Gene Kelly's in it. I'm gonna look it up. Hmm. Um, Been older, Gene Kelly. Yes, it's a, it's it is an older Gene Kelly. It's a, part of the point is that he's old. Um, yeah, Gene Kelly is in it. Um, it's let me see, American musical fantasy film. Um, yeah. Uh, anytime you hear like a song referencing Xanadu, it's it's this. Interesting. Um, it's it's pretty hokey. It's not super good, but I. I enjoyed it more than Greece personally. So it's the only thing that ever stood out for me that like, she Oh, was, I liked her in that. She was a singer more than she was an actor. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, uh, I, I, I mean, I saw some of her live performances online and not, I've, I've not actually seen her live. Um, but I always thought she was a, a, a great performer. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Should we move on? Yes. Well, guys, a new Kung Fu Panda film is on the way. Oh, finally, they're continuing the 10-part Kung Fu Panda saga? Is that what they said back in the day? Is that really what they said in the day? Did they? I don't remember them saying that. Oh, yeah, like, way back, like, DreamWorks had that whole, like, we see Blank as a, you know, this level amount of franchise, and, like, 
Kung Fu Panda, they projected as like 10 parts. How to oh, Train Your wow. Dragon, I think, was five at the time. Oh, wow. Wow. This is when they were like really forward thinking. They the Puss in Boots was supposed to be like a trilogy. Uh, um, I do remember that. Uh, uh, a lot of what they predicted about Madagascar, I think, came to pass. Um, <laughs> but well, yeah, I'm pretty sure like they said seven or ten or something for a kind of panda back in the day. I wonder if I so, can find that. That's old. so bold. So bold. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, does that include the the TV no, shows? It wouldn't include the TV no. shows because a different or... department makes those shows. Oh, okay. Never you can tell because it. they don't. They don't talk to each other. The shows, yeah. the shows of the movies. Um, yeah. The How to Train a Dragon shows just don't. The movies don't adhere to the shows. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then sometimes they're just even in, con- in the right continuity. Anyway, whatever. But yeah, so a fourth Kung Fu Panda film is on the horizon. It's going to be coming out on March eighth, two thousand twenty-four. Um, I thought this was interesting because of the show that's currently airing with Jack Black. Mm. Uh, I wonder, obviously, this is an animated movie, so this would have been in production for a while now. I wonder if this is why Jack Black did the show. Because he was already developing this movie. Could. It could could be that. Other than that, I... I I, shake his head. Yeah, sorry. I was was letting Ben talk. Um, I had a train of thought. Where where did it go? Oh. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I haven't seen Kung Fu, Kung Fu Panda 3, so I don't know how that movie ended. Ooh, um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, I don't know why. I only seen two. I've only seen the second <clears throat> one. I've never seen the first one. I found I, it. I think Kung Fu Panda is a very solid trilogy. All three it. movies are very good. The second one is great. I agree. Um, uh, I think that uh, I'm, I'm 100% on board for a fourth film. But you said you found it, Sparks. I'm super interested in if, um, and I hope that they'll do some interesting animation stuff like what they're doing with the new Puss in Boots and the, the bad guys. Um, if Kung Fu Panda's going to do that, that'll be great. I just hope it's a good story and a good team behind it. Yeah. Um, because I don't want like a bad Kung Fu Panda sequel now that we've had a solid trilogy. And I'll be honest, 3 did kind of end in a good place. I, I'm hesitant to want them to go further. Yeah, I can understand that. I also thought 3 ended in a good place. <laughs> okay, so back in 2010... Mm-hmm. Um, Jeffrey wow. Jeffrey Katzenberg revealed his plans for DreamWorks animation going forward. Um, he said Kung Fu Panda actually has six chapters to it, and we've mapped that out over the years. Someone um, dug that out of, out of storage. How, how to Train Your Dragon is at least three, maybe more, but we know there are at least three chapters to that story. There are actually eight books, but right now today we know that there are three for sure. Okay, um, that happens. <clears throat> Uh, he said, so today I can tell you pretty succinctly where Madagascar goes. Ultimately, they will come back to New York and they will come to terms with that, which they will do in the next chapter because of the way that movie concludes. There's probably one more for them. Yeah, there's probably a fourth more to gas- fourth Madagascar there. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't 10. That was too exaggeratory, but it was six. six Wait, six. Madagascar 4 didn't happen? It did not happen? Or am I misremembering? I could uh, swore there's only I'm three looking, Madagascar. I'm, you, keep going, you keep going. I'm, it. I'm, I'm looking it up. I'm on it. Uh, Madagascar 4 was supposed to be the fourth and last entry in the Madagascar franchise. However, production was halted uh, and it was removed from its May 18, 2018 release date schedule. Nothing else has happened with it. That's when they were sold. There was supposed to be one last one. Yeah. That's when they were sold. That's when Puss in Boots uh, 2 also fell fell by the wayside. Uh So yeah, but Katzenberg said, uh, so it wasn't 10, but six. Six Kung Fu Panda chapters. And I remember having that in the back of my head when Kung Fu Panda 3 came out and I'm like, I don't know, man. I feel like you're good. When they, <laughs> when someone someone digging through the archives of, of of DreamWorks, going, 
we were supposed to make six quickly <laughs> let's make yeah. the fourth one I mean, <laughs> at least at least how to train a dragon ended with three because I thought the ending with kung fu, uh, kung fu dragon. How to train your dragon? By the way, was, Kung Fu Dragon is a show I would watch. I would totally watch it too. Um, at the end of Dragons or the Dragon films, I like where they ended. I was okay with that ending. I'm okay with some of it. We have a podcast where we talked about it. You can we do. We have it. we have a podcast where we talk We're, about we it. We disagree. Um, I, uh, yeah. You know, Kung Fu Panda films have always had some delightful, delightfully great villains. Some of the best villains in all the cinema, quite honestly. I, I Gary Oldman. One, I hope the fourth one. Uh, wait, are we just going to name villain actors? Sorry, Ian McShane, J.K. Simmons. Um, I think that the, the 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 fourth film, if it continues that trend of just having a very great villain, that's going to be awesome. I agree. I'm I'm optimistic. I do feel like more than likely this is less about jack black doing the show i'm sure that might have like spurred them wanting to connect with him more but i think this is probably fueled by honestly whether it's misguided or not and i don't think it is but like i don't think this is where we should take our lesson uh film twitter talking about Mm. and it has been increasingly talking about the action scenes in the kung fu panda films over the past year i've noticed this yeah um, it comes up a lot that people are talking about, you know, the Kung Fu Panda films, especially the first one, pretty sick, guys. Um, and I do think that they're kind of like, oh, people really like Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm happy with that because, like, there's also, you know, you, you read out that thing. There was a moment when, when I always talk about DreamWorks' Golden Age, which was basically between How to Train a Dragon and How to Train a Dragon 3. And that 10-year period, what I believe to be DreamWorks' Golden Age. Where they put out just some great movies, and I th- when they were sold, I believe to Universal in 2018, a lot of those the the, the uh, that golden age was abruptly stopped because a lot of movies that that they were in production of, like Puss in Boots, two, um, and one more, ooh, I don't remember, um, but it wasn't Madagascar four. I just found out about that, um, but. Uh, abruptly stopped that golden age and so now i'm kind of feeling like okay maybe dreamworks is trying to instead of get another one we got post and boots 2 which looks really great the bad guys which was really great um kung fu panda 4 could be great like maybe maybe dreamworks is really trying to push through maybe try to i don't know lately I, go for that golden age i don't know if i'll call this a golden age but i won't say you're totally far off not everything in here is a hit I I wasn't I didn't mean to insinuate that I thought that I thought everything was a hit because Boss Baby's in that era too. I know. Uh, um, I mean to say that like there was a lot more good than there wasn't. Yeah, yeah. There's like three Madagascar's in here that I just question if they ever <laughs> needed to exist. So like those numbers are a little. <laughs> but I I hear you. Like the Kung Fu Pandas and the How to Train Your Dragons at that time, and yeah. you get like the Crudes and Rise of the Guardians. Um, mega mind mega mind that that was in that period um they're they're all cool but then you get you also have like home and turbo which i'm not saying they're bad they just didn't leave any impression either um and so like uh it's it's there's a lot of mixed bag i think going on here um yeah interesting i'm just looking at what dreamworks has so dreamworks animation go ahead go ahead Oh, sorry. Uh, DreamWorks Animation right now, they have... Um, so their next thing after Puss in Boots is going to be Trolls 3, which I have not seen the first two Trolls, so I can't really speak to. Trolls um, okay. Uh, then they have something that's going to come come before Kung Fu Panda 4, but they haven't announced it. 
um, literally like one month before uh, next in 2024. And then another thing in September of 2024. Wow, interesting. Um, but they're, those two things are not named. Yeah, I, I'd like to see DreamWorks uh, deliver some great stuff. And I've been, like I said, Bad Guys is awesome. Uh, so oh, hey, Brandon. Um, they made a short for Bad Guys that's come, that's with the physical release. Oh, interesting. Um, uh, okay. How, mu- how much you want to bet one of those unnamed movies is Rise of the Guardians 2? They're finally going to do it. No. No. I know. I, as um, much as I want lot. them to, they're not going to do it. I do think Kung Fu Panda is maybe their only thing they have right now with like absolute guarantee franchise potential mm-hmm. or like able to make more sequels. I don't think any of their IP, they have like a guaranteed box office with right now to return to not even Puss in Boots. Like I'm excited about that Puss in Boots movie. They don't have a guarantee that that audience is there. Not yet. Yeah. When that movie comes out, if it does well, then yeah, maybe. But right now, no, they don't. The Croods 2. The Croods 2 was uh, shelved because of the merger and then brought back. Right, that's true. That's um, why you saw That's why you saw Puss in Boots and the Croods New Age. Uh, they have different creative teams in the first film because that's why those movies were canceled initially. You're right, you're right. I still wonder if they're ever going to follow through on that threat to remake Shrek. <laughs> Be the first ever remade animated film. Yeah, that's wild. It's wild to think about that they want to do that. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I'm surprised that that discussion lasted so long, but that was fun. There's interesting things to be said. Uh, ben, Iron. do you love DreamWorks Animation? Are you excited about Kung Fu Panda 4? I need to watch the other ones. I mean, I would, you do. At first, at first I hear Kung Fu Panda 4. I have no ill will against Kung Fu Panda. Um, I really love Kung Fu Panda No, he too. just stole your wife. What? You have no ill will against the man who stole your wife, Kung Fu Panda. Shit was my wife. Um, <laughs> I want to hear the rest of your thought, Ben. Go Sorry. ahead. No. No, um, I, I really want to hear a fourth one. I'm like, okay, cool. And I've only seen the second one, but I, it's like, okay, I gotta watch the other, the other two whenever I get a chance. I remember that I was hesitant to watch the first one for a while because I thought it was on the surface. It looked like it was fat phobic and I had no interest in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think it rides that line a little bit, but it's a better movie than it is that that feature. Sure. Um, I had a I had I had no interest in watching it because I, outside of Shrek, didn't care for any of the any of the DreamWorks films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a lot of the DreamWorks films, especially after Shrek, when I saw the trailers, I was like, eh, I, I don't know, this looks too. It, no, it feels like. like- Specifically the 3D, specifically the 3D, because Road to El Dorado came out before Shrek. That was one of their only, one of their few 2D animated films. And that movie rules. Prince of Egypt, too. Don't forget that one. Mm -hmm. Eh, I don't really care for that one. I like that one a lot. Even with the religious tone, I still, I still think that movie is, is a feast for the eyes. Religion makes me feel icky. Yeah, no, it makes me feel icky, too. But you're right. Road to El Dorado, fantastic movie. Um, what else? But yeah, a lot of um, DreamWorks 3D stuff, especially after Shrek 2, I don't know. I just felt like oh, this is going to be way too kitty for me. This is going to be way too... Uh, I'm probably not going to enjoy this. And then I watched the first Madagascar film, and I thought that was hilarious. And then even mm. with Kung Fu Panda 2, I see Kung Fu Panda, I'm like, yeah, this, is got, this has got kids' movie written <clears> all over it. <throat> I don't know why it just feels like I'm not going to enjoy this. And then years later, I get dragged to go see Kung Fu Panda 2, and I'm like, I'm not going to realize, I'm not going to understand anything. 
then I'm like, never mind. This movie rules. Wait, it's about a peacock killing all the pandas? Yeah, what the shit? It's a very good I've been itching to rewatch the Kung Fu Panda films lately. Maybe this will this will lead to it. All right. Shall we move on? Yes. Ironheart has a new cast member. Zoe Zoe Tarakis. I apologize if I butchered that. Uh, they are a non-binary transgendered actor, uh, and they have been cast in an undisclosed role. Cool, cool. So, uh, <clears throat> Disney Plus news outside of Ironheart. Mm-hmm. Disney Plus apparently will be launching an ad-supported tier for seven ninety-nine. It's going to be called Disney Plus Basic. Now that sounds interesting because seven ninety-nine is the current price of Disney Plus. Uh-oh. Disney Plus will be renamed Disney Plus Premium and will now be $10.99. And that'll be the ad-free, <clears throat> the ad-free tier. Uh, yeah. Why can't we have nice things? Chapek. His name is Bob Chapek and he D- wants all the money in your wallet. Damn you, Bob Chapek, you son of a bitch. He's not Zaslav, but he's he's no Iger either. Definitely. No. De- I gotta okay. tell you, when you make when you make Bob Iger look like a good person, you're pretty bad. You know, I have okay. So I'm this. I have a tangent. I gotta go on this tangent real quick because uh, I'll mute myself. <laughs> so freaking, um, I saw a TikTok recently, and I have, and in my guts telling me it's true because my girlfriend is been aching to try and find out any news on the magic key renewals you know like the new disney passes that they don't that they haven't told any news about apparently the reason why disneyland hasn't given any ideas or any ideas any news on whether or not people can renew their magic keys is because they found out that the number of magic key guests that they have out weighs the number of regular guests they have and according to disney the more regular guests are the ones who spend the more money, i.e. the ones who travel from out of state to spend money at the hotel. People will spend more on Genie Plus. They'll spend more on the merchandise. And the way they see it, it's like, well, if we don't have Magic Key holders, more people will show up. But at the same time, it's like, but it's because of the Magic Key holders that pe- they will still go buy the merchandise, spend the, spend, buy money for the food, and do all this other stuff. So, yeah. I'm going, I'm going to say that this is, this is all conjecture and hyperbole we don't know yeah exactly right. why right. that is one person's guess another probably logical guess and it could be a combination of both who knows is because there is currently a lawsuit happening that went forward oh. with disney which is because a pass holder who lived here in california was not able to go to the parks even though they had the top tier of the magic key pass holder they could not get a reservation but if they were a regular person going and asking to make a reservation that day they could have and they sued disney over it and it's still going forward because that has been decided that that is a solid lawsuit. So that's part yeah. of it too, because yeah, that if that lawsuit goes all the way forward, it could result in damages, which would mean that every person who has a magic key pass hold would be able to say, hey, I also suffered from this and get money back from Disney. So both of those things are on the table. So Ooh. nobody knows exactly why they're not doing it, but both of these things are happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's been a meme going around on... Um... This on Magic E holder Twitter and uh, Instagram because Disneyland's playing. I was like, hey, here's the stuff for Halloween for Christmas. Enjoy the holidays. And there's like a Nick Cage meme, the Nick Cage meme, like, oh, really? When can I go, Disney? Mm-hmm. 
because mm-hmm. magic key holder because during the holidays like halloween christmas that's like some of the the highest times for people who want to go to disneyland because you have all the halloween merch you have all the the christmas and the holiday merch they want to go during those times because the parks are decorated to high heaven mm-hmm. so the fact that people want to go who can't go who have these passes and they're like we are willing to give you the money and they're still not doing anything about it so back to disney plus yeah back to, sorry back to disney anyways yeah screw you bob paid uh Chapek. back to disney plus sorry uh bob bob paycheck yeah bob paycheck. Oh. i i uh look i don't make a lot of money right now disney plus is a very good deal and i admit that when it when it first launched for 6.99 i was shocked we all were we were like wow you could have charged more i was i wasn't shocked i was like this is smart they get everybody this way mm-hmm. they're the and they're the cheapest streaming service out there everybody will get it and i don't like the idea of of being downgraded to ads so like, come on chapek what are you doing to me i don't make I a mean, lot of money right now booba yeah it also depends on how they do their ads because some like i know for some oh, so, so okay so it's so it's 15 so it's 30 seconds so it's 30 seconds at the at the top of the movie or show and it will be it will be for originals and i don't know and they might be the way they do hulu for mm-hmm. for for movies because hulu has, has an interesting way to do movies that i really don't like but uh, it's gonna be 30 seconds at top and then incrementally It'll go from 15 seconds and then down throughout the program. Yeah, I don't like I don't like that approach because when I watched How to Train Your Dragon, I watched it for free on Amazon with ads, and it was like, just like it was kind of like a like a Disneyland, a, a Disneyland, a Disney original movie where they would put ad breaks in like certain parts of the movie, but then as the movie went on, there was more and more ad breaks, and I was like, oh, this is annoying. Uh. I have to check something, but that means you didn't watch it on Amazon. You watched no, it on a different service. Probably watched it on like well, IMDb TV through Amazon it was, or something. It was something because it was available for free through Amazon. Freebie. Freebie. That's it. Freebie. It was IMDb TV. They changed it to Freebie. Oh, um, I talked about them before because I watched True Lies on that app. And True Lies had the worst ad breaks because what Freebie does is they place ad breaks randomly. Um, and so when I was watching True Lies, I've talked about what I talked about when I watched that movie. They, they will sit, do a punt. They will they will set up the joke, and then an ad will happen, and then the the punchline will hit after the ad. And that's because there's they're not breaking when the ad when the when the film is structured to have ad breaks. That's the worst. Yeah, just own your media, kids. <laughs> there you go. That's the message here. I should make a shirt with you, Sparks here where it's like don't be a dick but it's it's you i look way less i wait i look way less friendly than ben it's just own your media kids own your media (laughs) uh for those of you listening i'm watching the i'm wearing the don't be a dick t-shirt which is a huge hit even though no one's buying it anyway sorry Uh, kind of an oxymoron in its own way oh yeah everyone loves this shirt I wear the shirt a bunch, and I was at the hospital, and everyone's like, "Oh, you wearing the Don't Be a Dick shirt? Cool." I was like, "Yep, that's one of the three shirts I brought with me." You need to give them the business card right there and be like, "Go buy it, <laughs> right? Go buy yeah. it, go buy it, go buy it." My okay. dad bought one. Oh, good. Um, yeah, so it's going to launch I, on December eighth. I mean, like being realistic, this was inevitable. True. Um, I, I'm like. Of course, because they've proven that they have the content that's going to make people want to stick with the, the streaming service, of course they're going to raise it a bit. It's, it's, yeah. It is what it is. Um, yeah. 
I got I got to just kind of throw my hands up and be like we were going to get here one way or another. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be December 8th. All right. Yep. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's movie, the live action film coming from Blumhouse. Apparently, this is rumor, but apparently the Jim Henson, the Jim Henson company, are making puppets for it. Super into that. I that, love that idea. I get immediately more interested if you tell me that. Yeah. If that's true, I'm in. Just the fact that Jim Henson company makes them the puppets for Five Nights at Freddy's—that's perfect. That's like the Ben's, best. Ben's ready to get terrified. Again, yeah, uh, like, yeah. That I would love to see. I would love to see that because they did. Uh, Jim Henson Company did Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance, and yeah. those puppets are incredible. They are, and just and with a big, with as big of IP as Five Nights at Freddy's, and with those, they can make those animatronics absolutely terrifying. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. That'd I mean, be so good. That's uh, you're, you're right, Sparks. This is like a hundred percent more interested in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, the, the movie could be absolute garbage. I could go out and man, the movie sucked. But those puppets, though, those animatronics, they look They're going to live in my nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people are going to be like, so what lives in your mind red free? And I just hear freaking Freddy Fazbear, Foxy, and Chica just like staring at me going. Yeah, exactly. Freaking Freddy. Yeah, anyway. Freaking Fre- Freddy, Fazbear, Foxy, and Frida? Chica. Chica. Say that five times fast. Um, yeah. And also got Bonnie the Bunny. Don't forget her. That bitch. I already did. All right, the next entry in the MonsterVerse franchise is filming now. Uh, it is called. A, it has been labeled as a direct sequel to Godzilla vs Kong. Makes sense. There are some plot rumors suggesting that it will be more Kong focused, but Godzilla will be in it, um, dealing with the Hollow Earth. Um, and uh, the official working title is Origins. Hmm. Jonathan Bakes is the latest person to be cast in the movie. If you don't remember him, he's from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. And the sixth season of Community. Jonathan Bakes, Jonathan mm-hmm. The fifth season of Community. Yeah, the fifth season. Do you if know you saw which... a picture, you would know him. Do you remember? Did you ever watch Breaking Bad, Ben? I did, yeah. Yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll recognize this guy. Jonathan Bakes, great actor. I like him a lot. Uh, but yep. He's going to be in it. That's cool. Oh, oh. Yeah, Godzilla's Godzilla's gonna come in all Captain Marvel style right at the end, like Endgame. Yeah. What are they firing at? (laughs) 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 What's What's interesting is that I didn't picture Godzilla, but after the after Endgame came out, people put Thomas the Tank Engine Uh over Captain Marvel. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was remembering. Right. Um, yeah, I'm really happy the MonsterVerse is continuing, and I'm excited to see what this movie is, especially if it's Kong-centered. I'm very into that. I want to see more Kong. I want to see more Godzilla. We saw, we, see, we get we get we have three Godzilla movies, two and a half Godzilla movies. We have two but, and a half Godzilla movies. But he wants more. Yeah, but we're getting a Kong anime, and we're getting a Godzilla TV show. We're getting a TV show about Godzilla. Those are <laughs> I know he'll be in it. it. <laughs> I know he'll be in it. It's Apple TV. He ain't gonna be in every episode. That's true. Um. Anyway, I if this is a if this is a um because like I guess they don't have really have the capital to do this, but like the idea would be that you would split them again, do a Godzilla movie, do a Kong movie. But if we're going to just keep doing these dual movies with Godzilla and Kong, one that's slightly more centered on Kong is 
is is acceptable to me. Yeah, I mean that's fine for now. For now. For now. He's coming for you, Monsterverse. <laughs> uh, when do we get aliens? I want aliens. We have Ghidorah. I want alien people. I <laughs> want oh. the weirdos who want to control kaiju. You want the zillions? I, I do. I want space Godzilla. Yeah, I, I I want Mothra to be alive. Anyway, I want I want space Godzilla too. Well, you know who else I want? Batra. That's just Mothra, but a bat. I don't care, but I want it. Whatever. <laughs> um, you want Batra or Megagirus? Okay, maybe I want Batra. I don't like Megagirus. Megagirus is kind of nobody like... does. That's the point. <laughs> Wait, which one's Megagirus again? You, probably... you know who should? Go ahead. You probably never watched it, Ben. You know, you know who should be in these movies? Who? Destroyer. Yeah. You got it. You got to kill somebody. You're gonna bring in Destroyer, though. We already set set off the oxygen destroyer in King of the Monsters. We've you set did. it up. You I know. Did. But you have to kill somebody if you're gonna do that. <laughs> We saw, Ghidorah, we, we saw Ghidorah, or one of Ghidorah's severed heads. That could be that could become Destroya. Yeah, I heard that rumor. That's okay. I wouldn't but, mind that. I wouldn't mind that change. I want to see a good MonsterVerse movie. I forgot what I was going to say. Um, I I want to see more more MonsterVerse movies, though. I know we yeah. can't do it. They, they don't make enough money. But like, I want to see I, I want to see a great MonsterVerse movie. That's what I want to see. There you go. I want to, but I want to see a Mothra movie. You know, do sure. do you want to introduce Batra? Do it in a Mothra movie. Have mm-hmm. Mothra come back to life, and she had and and she's the and she's the star of that movie. And bring mm-hmm. bring in the twins that you set up in King of the Monsters to be mm-hmm. the leads. You know what? I'll, I'll amend. I'll amend what I said. It's not really. It's not really about the fact that I want Godzilla in this in this movie. It's that I still want other monsters to be showing up, even if it's about Kong. Yeah. Whether that's like I want cool iconic monsters some of them can be new but i still like we don't have to leave the godzilla universe monsters to like mothra could be in this movie with kong and mm-hmm. not have godzilla and i'd be cool with it that's fine i want to i want a mothra movie now i've psyched myself up i'll just be disappointed forever i'm never gonna get a mothra movie that i just made up you want the rebirth of mothra design where it's got, got like the x like a jet Sure, and this CGI with like that upgraded design, yeah, hell yeah, just do that. Batch was the villain. The twins of the man, guys. I'm, I should write movies. All right, anyway, um, the uh, uh, there will be new monsters, obviously, because if we are dealing with the center of the Earth with the Hollow Earth, that'd be, you know, that'd be a given. I agree, though. I would like to see uh, more of Toho's library in these movies. Um, I don't want to be leave in them there. behind. They can be in the Hollow Earth. That's right. That's right. They could be. Yeah. We've already set them up that they basically were supposed to be there. What if Anguirus is Kong's best friend this time? Oh, I feel sad about that. Well, but what if? Mm, but sad. What? What if I'd be sad? Well, I'd rather have him in a movie than not have him at all. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. His skeletons in King of the Monsters. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he died waiting for his friend. Jesus. I made myself sad. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we move on instead of making Brandon sad? Tom Cruise. I made, oh, my sad, I made myself sad twice because of Moth. I'm not getting the Mothra movie I made up, and I killed Angers. <laughs> All right. <I> <laughs> All right. Um, Tom Cruise. 
Tom Cruise. Tom I've Cruise is he was in the news a bit this week. I don't know if you if you heard that. Yes, I did. Yeah. Um the uh uh Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise basically talked about what they want to do together after Mission Impossible nine? Eight. Eight. Seven. Um Six. No, because seven's part one. Five. No. Four. <laughs> this message will self-destruct in. <laughs> um so, so they talked about. So the, I want to I want to bring up some of these because there are three there are three big entries that I thought were kind of cool, and I I'd be down to see all of them because I like Christian McQuarrie and Tom Cruise. I think they work well to, really well together. I know. After this, they should just get married, right? <laughs> uh, he and Christopher McQuarrie are going to develop a a song and dance type musical for Tom Cruise to star in. If you remember, can he Tom, learned how. Go ahead. Can Tom sing? He learned how to sing for Rock of Ages. He did. That's true. And he's been, I stand by my question. Apparently, he's been wanting to do another musical because of Rock of Ages ever since. Mm. There's a big so. difference between singing in a film jukebox musical. Yeah, I know. And uh, this one's meant to be like more traditional. And yeah. look, if the man can learn how to fly, can stunt fly a helicopter, he can learn how to sing. There are some things you just can't do. <laughs> Not for Tom Cruise. Mm. Uh, I'm. If, if McQuarrie wants to write a musical for Tom Cruise, I'm here. I'll watch it. Tom Cruise can't admit Scientology's fake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> One of these days. I thought he did. Did he? Did he? I don't think he admitted that it's fake. I thought he, I know he, I'm pretty sure he left. That's I don't think he's different from admitting that it's fake. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, he and, and Chris McQuarrie are also going to develop a new action franchise for Tom Cruise to star in. Uh, I guess that kind of means maybe no more Mission Impossible movies. They want to do something else. I mean, they've been saying for a while that eight would be the end. I, yeah, but Cruise Cruise suggested in a recent interview that that he would continue playing the role. Mm. I don't really know what that means, but I'm not surprised that they want to do something where they can just start fresh. Yeah, um, I think that this is uh, a cool idea. I'd love to see it. Do night and day two. Do Night and Day 2. Speaking of sequels, though, apparently they're really trying to get a Les Grossman movie off the ground. This is the wildest thing. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, Tom Cruise plays a, a producer named Les, Les Grossman in Tropic Thunder, and they want to make a spinoff of that character. This is both incredible and terrible at the same time. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, undeniably, I, no, go ahead, Ben. No, I don't. I mean, look, I love that character in Tropic Thunder, but I don't know if that character can work anywhere else but Tropic Thunder. I won't even say that. I just don't know if that character can work as more than a cameo. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's that, thing. Yeah, that was like the most honestly of all the character, uh, all the actors in that movie. When when Tom Cruise shows up in that in that costume, it's like my entire family when we were watching this movie is like, "That's Tom Stop. Cruise." Stop! I solved it. I know what it is. It's that he has to be the bad guy uh -huh. and it has to be like big fat liar. He has oh. to be like the Paul Giamatti character and big fat. Liar. Oh, I'd say that. Yeah. Now that could work. Um, okay. He has to be like dicking over an artist as For... his producer character. That would be pretty good. <laughs> to Ben's point. I didn't know it was Tom Cruise until the day after I saw the movie. Oh, sure. Um, uh, so that always, that always shocked me. 
I am uh, very into the idea of them wanting to do this. Again, I will see anything they want to do together. Um, yeah. Especially if it's what Sparks said. Does Christopher McQuarrie come and make Edge of Tomorrow 2? Because I'd really like Edge of Tomorrow 2 someday, guys. He really wants to. They just, for, for some reason, can't get that sequel off the ground. I mean, like, truthfully, I don't need it, but I wouldn't mind it. I did like he, uh, Even after the movie came out, because he, he really wanted to do the sequel to it. Because he directed it. He wrote and directed that movie. Yeah. Um, the Les Grossman thing, I think you have to make him the bad guy. Maybe but that's... If you did that, if you did that in that framework, I think that could be really cool. Cause otherwise I don't think that character can hold up, but it's also maybe, incredible because like that was, that was an awesome appearance. Maybe that's the movie. Les Grossman is trying to strike down edge of tomorrow too. God. Oh my God. You have Les Grossman dicking over Tom Cruise. Yes. Oh, mm. that's so, and you have both of them on screen. Oh, that'd be funny. I'd watch that. I think it's that. better. I think it's better. Look, I think I think we're right that it's funny if it's an actor playing a parody of themselves a la mm-hmm. like, you know, the Nicolas Cage appearance or something, but it has to be somebody else. It, it shouldn't be Cruz. Yeah. Um, I think it's better if he is just flat out, like he should be in it just as much as Paul Giamatti is in Big Fat Liar. He should be the bad guy, the antagonist. But you gotta have like someone else come into play opposite him and be the actor celebrity that he's dicking over playing a parody of themselves. I want to rewatch Night and Day tonight. God, it should be The Rock. Yes. In this universe, The Rock was in Edge of Tomorrow too. The Rock wants to be in Edge of Tomorrow too, but Les Grossman wants him to be a villain. Yeah. Did you see Warner Brothers? I didn't put this in the news. I totally forgot. Warner Brothers has greenlit a a, a series about making a superhero movie, a comedy series in the vein of Thirty Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Warner Brothers Discovery was in the news again. Mm-hmm. All goods in Flashland, right? So Flash, <laughs> all good in Flashland. Hey, I saw Brian's tweet, and he said that every time a new crazy batshit crazy headline from Ezra Miller was gonna come up, he was gonna. Oh no, Sparks! Damn it! <laughs> I was what? responding to Brandon's tweet and saying, this is the quote that you just use anytime a news article comes up around what Ezra Miller's doing. Just all good in Flashland. All good in Flashland. <laughs> uh, but well, if you may or may, if you, you may or may not know, but Ezra Miller was uh, charged with felony this week. Felony burglary. Felony burglary. Um, so in the wake of this, the Flash, apparently, this is all hearsay. This has not been officially reported by um zaslav did not come out and tell us this this is all coming from reporters who have sources i i do want to point out that it is mildly scary that ezra miller is a notable celebrity yeah with a lot of charges against him and yet somehow we have not (laughs) been able to arrest him (laughs) right this is it's a little startling (laughs) on a level where it's like how is he doing this can they they can't find him right he's still with his cult yeah yeah oh i forgot about that part anyway there's a lot about ezra miller that i'm sure you forgot about um in the wake of the ezra miller controversy uh they're apparently considering three options for the flash ezra miller does an interview to explain their behavior 
and then they're limit they they do limited press for the movie. So not a lot, just limited. This will not happen. Ezra Miller does not do press at all for the movie, which would make it the first time that the lead actor of a movie does not do press for it. That's more likely. And and then finally, uh, scrap the film. They're not apparently. So here, so here's what happened. Here's some more. Uh, reportedly, there's been apparently there's been a screaming match between Zaslav and the board and and his and his new board. The board say scrap the movie. It's not worth it. Get rid of it. Apparently, he was outvoted by a fair margin, and then and then called another meeting to try to turn over that vote because he does not want to lose the Flash. The board's okay with losing the Flash. He doesn't want to lose the Flash specifically because he doesn't think Aquaman will do well, and he doesn't want to lose two DC movies. He's a moron. He's an idiot. Why, why would Aquaman is their most? Aquaman their, made a billion dollars. Yeah, it's their most profitable film. And uh, wow, that's a sense I never thought I'd seen in my entire life. No offense to Jason Momoa or Aquaman, but Aquaman is DC's most profitable film, if not yeah. the top two outside of Wonder Woman. Mate, I, I, if there's of the two, of the two films, Aquaman or the Flash, the Flash is dead on arrival. Yeah. Aquaman uh, is not. No, no. Aquaman is still going. I would. Yeah, Flash is dead. At, at this point, it's either part of me is like, I don't know. I'm like, I could definitely see two or three happening. Like, they I believe have they no get press I for believe, Ezra. I believe what happens if Zaslav clearly look. Zaslav is an idiot and doesn't believe in Aquaman. The board's not going to convince him of otherwise, even though money talks. If Zaslav gets his way and doesn't want to lose because he doesn't want to lose the Flash, I can definitely see them either getting Ezra into rehab, some rehab center or something, or doing an interview to explain his erratic behavior, be like, I'm getting help, whatever, and then he does limited to no press. I can see that option. I feel like that's the Zaslav option. That's the one that he wants to go with. Yeah. I cannot see a world where Ezra does an interview. Yeah. He's too toxic right now. Like that's the thing. That's the thing about about Zaslav that always pisses me off because we talked about it a little bit when when J.K. Rowling when he released a statement about wanting to work with J.K. Rowling for years and years and years. He doesn't care if they're problematic. The problem he's not he's not looking at is the human factor of it all. J.K. Rowling is the reason why Fantastic Beast three failed. Mm-hmm. The Flash, the reason why the Flash fails, was because also of the Miller. second movie, also the second movie, just being a bad movie. Yeah. But these people, it's very easy for these people who are so associated with these films to hurt their own brand. And that is what Ezra Miller is doing right now. And he's not taking that into account. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's an idiot. He is. Doom Patrol and Titans are apparently both uh, uh, due to be canceled. Uh, that was, didn't we say that was writing on a wall? <sighs> yeah, yeah, well. Yeah, I saw a tweet that I saw a tweet where they're just like, uh, war- Zaslav is fighting a war against against um, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. If 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 Doom Patrol, as I suspect it might have been, was already on the bubble, Zaslav's not going to pull it out of the fire. Mm-mm. That's the thing. Either. And Titans, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, like I'm okay with losing Titans. I don't watch it. Like that's fine. But the, uh, Doom Patrol is so quirky and good. 
the best uh, comic book show on TV. And queer. Um, yeah. Doom Patrol, in my opinion, is the best comic book show on TV that Ben Magna is not watching. It just is. That's actually a really high list that Ben Magnet is not watching. I know. A lot of shows I know. That that's list. why I had to. Yeah. I, 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 I honestly, I would say it is just the best comic book show, regardless. Yeah. It just, it, like, it is just a great comic book adaptation show. Um, it will be sad to see it go, but honestly, I'm glad we even got to three seasons because I didn't think we'd get Four. the third. Four. Has the fourth filmed? This is the fourth, the one that just aired with, um, no, uh, the, the replacement. Was, that was three. Are you sure? Yes. Let me check. Sure. Um, while I check, I will say, uh, oh, Doom Patrol. Okay. Um, the actor who plays Cyborg um, stated that they just stopped filming season four. That's why I mm -hmm. got confused. Yeah. Um, yeah. So season four is coming. And then. I hope they got a. What's his name back? I don't know. Is season four coming? Because Zaslov's. Oh, he could there. just tax credit that one. No, every time like someone's like, "Hey, we're done filming. We're in post production." Zaslov is like, <laughs> "Time to kill the project." Uh, development has apparently slowed on Static Shock, Supergirl, Green Lantern Corps, and the Ta-Nehisi Coates Superman movie, which oh, I gee. still, I still believe that that Superman movie is being retooled into a Henry Cavill one. Probably. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope Static Shock goes through. That'd be, that's that would I would hate to lose that movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, Green Lantern Corps, quite honestly, you could keep. Here's the thing: if Flash dies, I think pretty much every project dies as they scrap and remodel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Static Shock, though. <sighs> Static Shock scares me because it was it was made it was a made for HBO Max movie that. You know, milestone was really excited for milestone oh. is that they were they were like we're finally getting a Static Shock movie going. We got I that know. animated movie, so like I'd, I'd hate to lose that one. I would too, but I don't. And like it, it I have no tied. faith right now. It wouldn't be tied. So you, if if the Flash failed, you wouldn't have to scrap it because it's not tied to the DC. That's not the point. I know the Green Lantern Corps show um, that I think Berlanti is working on. Uh, for HBO Max, uh, they that currently is still moving forward. It's just a little slower. And then apparently everything that J.J. Abrams has been working on for a decade plus, not really, he's just been doing this for a while, um, are are moving forward. Which honestly surprises me because that deal has not has not made anything yet. And how Zaslav is like, yes, J.J. Abrams, you can make your Constantine show, and not J.J. Abrams. We've paid you to do something for three years and you haven't done it. Get the hell out of here. Mm -hmm. So there is good news, though. In all of this, there is uh, some reporters have been able to clear to to uh, find out that as of now, Black Canary is still in production, still mm -hmm. moving forward with Misha Green writing. Harley Quinn season four is a lock, though the official renewal order have, has not been given yet. Um, but they're pretty they're very confident peacemaker season two penguin the other the batman uh prequel show and and everything else that i haven't mentioned are fine they are still moving forward in production they are happening i i am pleased to hear that 
asterisks as, as of, of now. now. Yes. As far as I'm concerned, everything could go. Yeah, that's the thing about that's the, that's the scary thing about Zaslav is that he's kind of on the rampage. Things that, that James Gunn could be like, yeah, Peacemaker is good today, and then tomorrow I just got the call that we're pulling Peacemaker season two. Well, that's the nightmare is that he convinced me that like a movie could or show could be almost at its release date, and he could go no, because uh-huh. until the laws change, he can just go. I don't have faith in that tax write off. Yeah, I have no faith. Yeah, every everything about about Zaslav taking over since this merger happened, it's just been it's just bad news after bad news after bad news. I mean, outside the Ez, the Ezra Miller stuff, I mean, this just like nothing feels good about Imagine news that comes out bat. of Warner Brothers. Imagine being the person where you go to bat for the guy who's been who who has been terrorizing the United States for the past year. Imagine being being like I have no faith in a billion dollar franchise, but I have I have faith in this film. How good is The Flash? That he's just all he's just all on board on The Flash. That movie has to be fucking good. It's also unfortunate, like, if The Flash does uh, get scrapped, you know, that's another blow to Keaton's return. That's true. Because uh, that's... I don't know what's happening with that one. Who's even Batman anymore? Trailers? Trailers. Sparks, you've seen Rick and Morty Season 5, correct? I have. I've seen all of Rick and Morty. I still haven't seen the fifth season. Uh, so I didn't watch this trailer. Oh yeah, there's so many spoilers. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, I figured not. I was just, you know, I want to get. Prepared. I get it. I get it. I get it. So why don't you, why don't you talk about this for? for hey guys, do you like Rick and Morty? They're yeah. still here. Wow. Doing the same Rick and Morty. Like I mean, like it's not the same, but like, what you're looking for in Rick and Morty, they got more of it. Yeah. I don't know what more to say about it than that. Like, they're doing they're doing more Rick and Morty. It all looks like it's still just as good as it's always been. A plus. Chipping away at that yeah. 70 episode order. I haven't seen the fifth season of Rick and Morty, so when I watched this trailer, I didn't know there were spoilers because everything I was like, oh look, this is just more ben, um, there weren't I, I... spoilers. Oh. That was a that was a sarcastic joke. Okay. There's nothing to spoil about. Like like there's like one thing you could spoil from season five, and they weren't gonna spoil it in a trailer. Like, there's not a lot of lore-heavy stuff for you to get ruined on. That's why I was joking. Oh. God damn it. No, it's okay, because, like, that was the point. Is like, if you didn't see a spoiler, it's because there were no spoilers. Yeah, because, I I mean, I was just, yeah, the same, I echo exactly what Sparks said. This is just, it looks like the same Rick and Morty adventures. If you really like Rick and Morty, then here you go. Here's more of that. And, I mean, I enjoy Rick and Morty, but to be perfectly honest, after season five, or even after season four, I haven't started season five. I don't know if I'm just kind of done with it or it just doesn't interest me as much anymore. I'll tell you what, because there are so many Rick and Morty clones. I felt the same way before I started season four. Um, And I watched season four and immediately remembered why Rick and Morty is so unique. That's I think Brandon's right is because like you can think you're tired of Rick and Morty and then you sit down and you're like, oh, right. They know how to write this show. Yeah, that's what's special about Rick and Morty. God, they're good writers. Jeez, a, a lot of Rick and Morty clones. Mm, sorry, aren't. They're all just trying to do the the crazy, goofy adult animated show thing. And so like that 
it feels like you're oversaturating the market, but then you watch Rick and Morty and you're like, oh, right, this is a great show. Okay. All right. Part, Not to part, say that Rick and Morty isn't great because the season. And the... I say that real quickly. Sorry, Ben. I say that as someone who likes a, who likes one of the Rick and Morty clones a lot. Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Star- I love Lower Decks. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Ben. Oh, um, I I think I I covered it as much as I was gonna say about Rick and Morty season six. All right. I'll probably watch it eventually. <laughs> I mean, by it I mean season five, so I can get ready for season six, but. Once again, Rick and Morty, as of now, and in my personal sphere of things to watch and things to do, it is very low on the priority list. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a narrative-heavy show, but, like, it, it remains consistently funny and well-written. And that has been true up to this point, so I have no reason to doubt that this season will also be that. And I do understand, like, kind of thinking maybe you're fatigued from Rick and Morty, because I definitely have felt it before, too. I'm like, maybe maybe I got burnt out on this. And the thing is, like, you watch it, and then you're like, oh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. It's just that I there's just a lot of things that are trying to, to be Rick and Morty. Mm. And there's a lot of things that make me think that Rick and Morty has gotten overhyped. And the reality is that no, Rick and Morty is just still good. Still yeah. quality content. Let's move on to Gotham Knights, the Red Hood trailer. Pew pew. I don't really have anything to say. Neither do I. I, I was going to ask to take this one off. So let's move it on. Cool. I, I, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's such a heavy... Like, I'm excited to play that game. Um... It's such it's you know so heavily cinematic and like it's just like featuring stuff about the Red Hood. His power set seems a little confusing. Yeah. I don't think I like this voice actor for the Red Hood. I don't like this voice actor for Red Hood. I'm also quite honestly not crazy about the gameplay. We've seen four gameplay trailers right now and I'm not loving it. There's I not liked, a lot about this about this game that I'm interested in at this point. I liked the early I liked the early stuff we were seeing. Um yeah. That last one that we talked about a while ago, where it was just like a bad, that was a bad gameplay build. But I do think that the gameplay will be fun. Yeah, We'll find out in October. Sorry, but when Brand said I'm not loving the first thing that went through my nose, ba da ba ba aww. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that was oh, pretty good. Oh, boy. <laughs> Expect further thoughts on Gotham Knights when we do a basement arcade later. Yeah, at some point later in the in the next five years. I'm just glad I was able to make Brandon laugh that hard. <laughs> and it's like now I'm loving it. Bada ba ba, yay! Uh, that is funny. That is funny. That is funny. Bada ba ba. That should be what happened when you someone gets a really a really bad McDonald's order. You guys, did you guys have you guys seen the 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 Spider Man? Thing where it's like when someone when you get someone else's order at McDonald's, this is something else. <laughs> I've seen that meme. Yeah, <laughs> that is good. Yeah, I did see that. That's pretty good. That, All that's right. a good meme. Okay. Uh, so you guys haven't seen the second Mortal Kombat Legends movie, correct? Correct. Correct. So here's the third one. I didn't realize this was happening. Two no, is I, a- I know because we, we when we last talked, you were like, "Those Mortal Kombat Legends movies are probably dead." Oh wait! <laughs> but also, the second one is pretty finite. Yeah, it feels like the ending. A Mortal Kombat Legends, Snowblind. Son of a bitch! I missed this one. God damn it! Oh well, this is about Kano. Uh, it's actually about um, not Kano. Well, Kano's the bad guy. Kano's, Kano's the, the bad, bad guy. guy. Uh, Captain Kano. Um, Hisushi. 
Is that it? Yeah, the blind guy with the sword. Yeah. We just we played those games, right? We played those games. Here, I'll I'll be sure that I think I'm saying it right. Uh, I think this looks pretty cool. I really like the idea of the Mortal Kombat Legends that we talked about when like Scorpion came out. Um, that they could progress a story, that they are progressing a story, but each film is God, no, I was, I was, I was way off. It's Kenshi. 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 Um, and so like these, these films are carrying a narrative story throughout, but each one is centered around a different character. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited to see this one. I'm glad they're continuing it. The animation looks good. I still want to talk about the second one for animation station at some point. Maybe we will. Who knows? We should. We have we have a lot. Animation Station can come back. I'm busy. I know. Do you not remember the top of the show? I know, but you asked me about three projects. I asked this you week. about. I asked you about what two? Two. What's the third one? The one with Jeremy counts. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh... <laughs> you did them at the same time. I, they I knew were where my your mind. head was at. Yeah. Stay tuned for a show with Jeremy, by the way, guys. Jesus, fucking um, Mag, Mag in the comments, uh, Kenji, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Some some exciting things are happening in the future, guys. But maybe not Animation Station. Um, Kenji, Kenji, not Kenji. 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 It's an S and an H, Mag. Don't mislead me. I looked it up twice. I would really like to see us finish the adventure time specials that's yeah, the last I, thing i want to say about it it's on my mind i know but more common we legends, should do this i'm excited about it Snowblind. um a lot of a lot of uh sub-zero i guess in this one good looking good looking animation stuff still going on i, I yeah. love it i'm glad that this is taking off with mortal Kombat. i think this is cool me too I just it's, a, it's at a great time in our lives for for exactly this content i agree go check out mortal Kombat x on basement arcade we also did Scorpion's Revenge, Mortal Kombat Legends, on an episode a few. Yeah, we did. That's why we have to do the second one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the menu. Anya Taylor-Joy and Ray Fiennes and Nicholas Holt. Well, this looks like a dinner that I don't want to go to. Like Chef, but a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, it looks interesting. Like if, if instead of John Favreau was Hannibal Lecter and Chef. Pretty much. I'm not... I'm not immediately like jazzed and sold, but I am intrigued. Yeah. I'll probably want, I don't you know. Have my curiosity, like... but you don't have my attention. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I think I'm the same way. If it pops up on like a stream service, and I haven't seen anything yet. It's like, okay, cool. I'll probably watch it. I but do. Other than... Go ahead then. I was like, no, no, but other than that, I am not like, Oh my God, I need to see this movie in the theater. So I'm like, mm creepy chef there's probably he's probably like a cannibal or something i don't know yeah that's fair <clears throat> right. i do like the couple that's like we're dead and he's like yeah we're dead um, <laughs> i think that's good i also like um uh i do like the the ending button of um you told them it was my birthday it was a lot funnier three hours ago <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. That that made me chuckle, and I'm like, okay, there could be some pretty cool stuff here. Yeah. I do like uh, Ray finds in the role that he's in here. I think that yeah, be, I think that could be a lot of fun, potentially. The House of Hammer. Oh, speaking of cannibals. Yo, uh, 
I know I can't I think I barely remember that there were some allegations towards Army Hammer, but I didn't don't remember anything like this bad. So when I when I heard about the allegations so speak on your point, Ben, when I heard about the allegations, I kind of felt like we were all king shaming him because I had not heard the extent of what they were. Um because I was like, you know, there's cannibalism cannibalism's kind of a kink. Because you know, people like to bite and not not eat people. Yeah. But um and so like this was kind of a shock because it kind of felt like he comes from a criminal empire of just abusers mm-hmm. crazy yeah but sparks why don't we actually talk about what we want to talk about with this um so my whole thing is that like i i don't mean to detract from anybody's like personal accounts of things i really don't um i just and i will admit that some amount of this is because I don't really like Zaslav and Discovery Plus right now. So I'm kind of like, F you. Um, but this is a little sensationalized for my taste. Um, mm-hmm. I think that this is valuable information to have people come out and talk about. But this feels very performative in a way that regardless of like, I believe that there's a lot of truth to what's going on here. The the presentation of it is in a performative way. Like God, the button of the trailer where she's just like the zoom in and like yeah. my name is Casey like I can't just give us this information in a way that feels sincere I just even if it's more boring that way I just don't like I don't like this kind of sensationalized true life documentary stuff and the fact that it's with discovery of all people is like ugh, I feel like you're already giving you sign away an amount of your authenticity mm-hmm. when you do it in this format and for me that that's hard to get around regardless of the fact that i think it's important for these stories to be heard yeah but what this should have been yeah i was really sad when i saw this on a doc day because i didn't know what this was and i saw the title house of hammer and i thought this was going to be a documentary about the hammer horror films from the uk and it wasn't and i was like well poop 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 and this is hollywood's wake-up call to make that movie Yes, uh, absolutely. I'm uh, I Sparks Witty of the Fake Nerd Podcast. I'm putting you on blast, Hollywood. Make a documentary about the Hammer horror films of the UK. Where is Del Toro when I need him? Ooh, Del Toro would kill that documentary. Obviously, obviously, obviously. Um, yeah. I mean, <coughs> it's it's shitty that Army Hammer is a shitty person. Yeah. Death on the Nile on Blu-ray now. <laughs> Do revenge. My yeah, this, looks, this looks great. This looks really good. Yeah, I'm really, really glad you said that. I really want to watch this. Uh, I really love Maya Hawk. I think she's wonderful. I hope and I go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Really excited to see more uh, her in a leading role in a movie. I agree. Um, I really hope that this doesn't end with um, the kind of like moral lesson of they were wrong to seek revenge i'm like nah get it girls get it i want them <laughs> yeah. to win i don't want i don't want some third act like mm, but this was not the right way to no get them <laughs> it's like oh but we shouldn't have revenge it's like nah this time now you get that revenge and uh, the other lead in this is veronica from riverdale riverdale yes um k k I forgot it. Uh, But yeah, I think this looks really great. I really want to see it. Netflix. Yes. Next month. I like Mm -hmm. it. I like it a lot. 
Shall we do our main topic then? Oh, yeah! This music brought to you by Jeremy Vellucci. Spared no expense. Spared no expense. <laughs> Spared no expense. All right, Brandon, so give us the thing. Full spoilers for Day Shift. This is a new film from Netflix starring Jamie Foxx. Um, I forgot the director's name. Sorry. Um, you can check it out on Netflix right now. It's out now. Full spoilers. Pause this. Stop this. Close the tab. Do something. If you're if you're watching us live, spoilers. Full spoilers. We're gonna spoil the shit out of this movie. Spoilers. 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 I'm buying time for Sparks to find the the director. JJ Perry. JJ Perry. Thank you. You're welcome. What we thinking about this? You've been. Uh, go ahead, Ben. Okay, guess I'm going first. Um, I enjoyed it. I actually had a really good time with it. I do. There are some things, um, story-wise, that I kind of that kind of left me hanging a little bit. But other than that, um, I I had a fun time with it. But also, it was really I don't want to say jarring, but it was still kind of funny seeing all these major landmarks of the San Fernando Valley, such as the Northridge Fashion Center, which is a mall I Brandon and I used to frequent a few times back when we lived in Northridge when we were going to school there. And then I'm seeing like Coldwater Canyon, Ventura Boulevard. It's like, oh, I know where all these places are. Outside yeah, of that, <laughs> yeah, outside, I mean, you know, it's always dry when he's like, hey, I drove down that street probably where they filmed this it besides that i still had fun with this movie it was, it and was that mother that mother effort always found parking you can never find street parking in north bullshit bullshit i mean it's like it's like oh i'm gonna have it, even like some of the houses that he lived up it's like man that is, is that, that must be in simi valley because that's he where the really up, nice shit is he just pulls up to james to dave franco's place and just parks on the street i'm like uh-uh no way you're <laughs> finding parking you're looping that block three times before <laughs> you find a parking spot <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Uh, the PTSD from anyway. trying to find parking in Northridge. You liked it, Sparks. Yeah, um, I think that it's fun. I do think that the action is awesome, really good. Um, I think that the cast is mostly selling the film. I think overall it's a lot of fun to be with them. I like a lot of the inventive vampire world stuff they're doing here, even if we don't explore it quite to the extent i'd like to in this movie um but i do like its setup i like its premise i like its action i think it's good i think it is good i really enjoyed this i had a really great time with this one i think it's i think the leads are all great um i only have two issues with the movie and I guess we just might, might as well just get into it because I think we might. Let's have the do same it. Let's issue. just talk about some negatives. Yeah. I think we might have the same issue with the villain. Oh, see, you said leads, and I'm like, technically, isn't she like one? Of so I wasn't counting her. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. Yes, the villain's a. Uh, no offense to. I'm gonna look up her name. Yeah. Um. Uh, Carla Souza. Um from how to get away with murder oh congratulations uh no offense to her um and i'm willing to put down that i think jj perry we know we've talked about it before this is his directorial debut he does a lot of stunt stuff that's why the Mm -hmm. action in this movie is so awesome and it is Mm -hmm. um he's coming from that and i don't know that he has the experience and experience is the word to 
pull the, per- the proper performance out of actors who don't already know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that she is the prime example. Like, I think, I think everybody else in this cast kind of knows what to do with what they're given. Mm-hmm. Um, and they probably honestly could have also been improved with uh, a more deft hand in the directing, but they're, they're good regardless she suffers and i don't think it's necessarily that she's written poorly i think it's just that she's not interesting to watch she's just not giving us anything as a villain performance she's just she just is there to be the villain and i find that um dull like when we get to the end and we have the part where her and her right hand guy split up um her right hand guy is played by um Scott Ad, uh, sorry, sorry, Oliver uh, Masuki, Masucci, um, and you've seen his face in things before. He's he's just got he's giving good vampire face, and so when yeah. the the they split up for their fights, and you've got Dave Franco and and Heather fighting him, and then uh, Jamie Fox fighting Audrey, I'm way more interested in him just because he's a more interesting presence as a vampire villain than she has been up to this point, and she just she's just not giving me anything um in the performance and i'm sorry to say that i don't mean a disrespect to the actor i don't think it's really entirely her fault uh it just doesn't it's it reminded me a lot of um when we talked about the adam project like Mm -hmm. the only thing that was sinking the adam project from being a great film was the villain was just forgettable as hell um and it's the same situation here yeah Yeah, i I 100 agree with that yeah i i agree also that wasn't the first thing i thought about as for my negatives on the film but now that you mention it, I really was like, I kind of, I was totally fine with like maybe like the main protagonist or the antagonist, where it be, would just be the time limit that um, uh, that Bob had to get the money so he can keep his family in California. Outside of her initial scene, which I did enjoy, mm-hmm. um, that's a great you know, scene. You're right. That's a great scene. That's a great scene. Um, I, I. You know, Jamie Foxx talked about it on the on the behind the scenes thing. He's like, you know, this movie got like, you know, eating popcorn moments. And I'm like, well, this movie also has looking at your phone moments, which were yes. every single time it was just the villain. I checked out, um, yes. except for the opening scene with her, which I do think is a great scene. It's That's a great. You're you're 100 correct. It's a great introduction scene. It gives her a presence, and nothing about the rest of it pays that off yeah. um, for her. Uh, ben, continue. Yeah. Um. What was it? What was I gonna say? Um. We're just talking about her. Yeah, she is. I mean, she. I. Yeah, she's. She's forgettable. I mean, outside of that opening scene, which is a brutal way to take out a vampire, it was. Like, I love. I love. I love that whole thing. Just like pouring the cement mm-hmm. on. Love it. Yeah, that was a brutal way to kill a vampire. Um, I would say that other than that, it's just like, oh yeah, I forgot you're you're the antagonist in this movie, and even her motivation when it's finally revealed, it's like, okay, but then it's like the whole time, it's like, why is she really going after this guy? What is, it's like, I don't get it. I I assumed early on from when she uh, cradled the old woman and was like precious and, and whatever she said, um, that there was some familial relation of some kind. Um, I thought that was, I thought that was good motivation. It's, it's, what's shitty about it is that she, you don't even give her the opportunity to be the character that revealed that. Mm-hmm. it's not audrey who talks about that it's heather yeah. heather tells jamie fox's character about that and audrey doesn't have that moment of saying like 
I, I had to work so hard to find my daughter because we were separated and I found her when she was old, but at least I could give her eternal life. Mm-hmm. Like you don't do any of that. Um, she, she does, she's robbed of that opportunity. And I, I don't fault the actor for that, but because of that, like you have a weaker, less impressionable villain. Mm-hmm. she's just kind of i said that i was talking to megan about it because megan didn't watch it with me but i was telling her about like some of my stuff with it and i'm like if you look at fright night and it doesn't matter which one i'm talking about it could be the original it could be the remake it's not very complicated motivations for the villain he mm-hmm. just wants to eat people and he's mad that the neighbor caught him that's it that's yeah. that's what he's doing but the performance by both of those actors um original remake is so full of life and full of presence that it doesn't matter that the motivations are simple. And Audrey just doesn't have that. She doesn't have that kind of like drive as a villain. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't need yeah. to make it complicated with a vampire, but they just don't do anything with yeah. her. Keep talking. Let me go to the restroom real quick. Sure. Um, I will piggyback off that because I still want to talk about some of my negatives. And um, the other one is I am a little disappointed that we live in the year 2022 and we have to do this plot of you got to make all the money to <laughs> make sure that we don't move away and i'm like it's 2022 my girl what are you doing um <laughs> i thought the same thing is like wait where's all her tuition aren't you working here's the thing it like it made her bitchy in a way that was unnecessary and i'm like because i don't think that the character is written to be bitchy but like the subtext is that that's bitchy mm-hmm. and that's a very it's a very like my my other problem with the film like overall is that that's a very 90s idea of this family dynamic that i think is old hat as shit i think literally jamie fox has been in this movie before as far as like the family (laughs) dynamic thing i think this has happened um and i just didn't care for it it made the wife a caricature more than a character um and I'm like, I literally, I don't mind you giving him the timeline of like, oh, he's got to make $10,000 by Monday. That's fine. Just say that she also has to turn up $10,000. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why we're putting this on one-sided thing. Like, he has to be the only provider. This is a, such a fucking old, sorry. This is such an old uh, idea um, that's so baked in like bad misogyny. I just, I, I didn't care for that read um mm-hmm. i didn't think it worked i didn't think it made good sense in the movie as it was uh it pissed me off to be honest sure i won't i won't say it upset me to that degree but i do remember thinking early into the movie that uh when they're like you gotta find all the tuition you gotta get all the money and i was just kind of thinking like aren't you working aren't right. you well don't i mean you also pay for the kid well and i mean it's also coming from this angle where it's like they clearly get along like, yeah. I don't understand why, like, they get along, yet she's springing this on him. He's got this small time limit. She expects him to do all of the work for it. Uh, like, who she is as a as the performance of this character does not mesh with the who we're being told she's being in the these scenes of, like, you only have this amount of time. You got to do this, this, this. Um, you can make her distrusting of him for, like, the whole reason that they split up apparently is because she knows he's lying about shit, which is vampire hunting. And like, that's fine and all, but like that should be in their dynamic, not just written actions of to do, Hey, I don't, I don't, I'm going to demand these things because I, we are separated and there's, it's, it's all telling me things without showing me anything between them. 
because what it's showing me is like a pretty workable relationship yeah but the demands are obscene yeah i agree with that um can i piggyback off of one of my other my other negative yeah absolutely which is heather yeah i don't like heather i don't think heather works in the movie i think i i like heather fine except i just don't think she's developed enough i I don't think she comes in she comes in she comes in too late into the movie to have any development with her and i guess you could probably like rush some but they choose not to because the uh, the next time we see her it's revealed what she is and then the 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 next time there's a conversation it's already at the third act of the movie yeah yeah I would definitely say, like when she when she first shows up on screen, I'm thinking, oh, is he, is she gonna try to, is she gonna try and be like a new love interest for Jamie? That shouldn't that shouldn't because he's still obviously devoted to his wife. He wants to keep well, his family even, here. To that point, what you're talking about is it's it's because it's framed like a cute meet. It's framed like two like two characters meeting each other. Yeah, exactly. To fall in love. Exactly. And, it's not. and and then I was like, oh, maybe she's like a vampire or something, and then it turns out that she is, and. It's it's literally it's literally Steve Rogers coming home in Winter Soldier, and she has You're to right. do her laundry. It's literally that. Yeah, it's the Winter Soldier uh, when, she, when he meets Sharon. Yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say about Heather? I mean, I do like Heather. The act. I like the person who played her. I liked her action scenes later in the movie. But I definitely have to say that she. I wanted more development from Heather. Like if we met Heather earlier in the movie and they had a, some sort of friendship going on, that mm-hmm. would have been fine. And it's revealed that she was spying on him this whole time. I would have been like, okay, that would probably would have been a little bit better. I don't disagree with you that I think that it's a flaw to have her in the film. I think I just liked her presence more than our o- own villains. So I'm like, I could have used more mm-hmm. of Heather. Like yeah. I oh, enjoyed watching. I enjoyed watching Heather because I thought the actor was fun. Can't wait to see her as Sabine Wren y'all. But, um, Oh, I, yeah. yes, she is. She is oh. being ran for Ahsoka, um, but uh, I I don't disagree. Like it, her her placement in the film is bad. Yeah. Um. And mm-hmm. and honestly, it goes to a different idea, which I I will, I will I will offer here, which is that I think her presence works more if you let Jamie Fox kill Dave Franco. Mm-hmm. Like when he beheads him, he should have died. And this, correct me if I'm wrong, that this makes no goddamn sense. How come he can reattach his head, but decapitating her works? I had the same thought. Because the implication is that she's the uber vampire that bit him. Yeah. Right. So decapitating him doesn't work, but decapitating her does. I don't mind decapitating her, but then, like, shouldn't you have to do more to kill her? There, yeah, because they do say something about, there's like a throwaway line in the movie about vampires who can move around after they so this is my heads this is my other this is kind of this is not an issue with the movie that i have but i think the movie delivers too much exposition and too short of a time um there's a there is a, a basically a rundown of every single vampire that goes by so quickly it's yeah. easy to miss some of them oh yeah and, definitely. and it happens in a very awkward exposition scene i don't think they the exposition scenes in this movie work and that's where we find out that an uber vamp can reattach its head well uh they say in the scene where um uh after dave franco dave franco reattaches his head they go to heather and heather says he has uber vampire blood going through him yeah that's who transformed him that's why this is happening and i'm like cool that should mean that our leading villain is that and can do the same it does because she is because heather also calls her an uber vamp 
right in that same scene right so it's really so when 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 jamie fox decapitates her and i thought oh maybe it was because it was the silver but that blade that he cuts dave franco's head off is also silver it it could be because dave franco doesn't have wood in his heart and she does because they say you have to stake them in the heart with wood and then cut their head off to effectively kill them that's why when um like I gotta tell I gotta tell you, Ben, that that might be true, and that's a good theory. Uh, it is not made obvious enough in this movie for no, me to, to no, give it the not. pass on there, that. So there, the reason why I formulate this theory is that like when hit when uh, uh when Jamie Fox and Snoop Dogg were going through, uh, which another okay, can I piggyback off? Can I also mention where my finish your thought and then move okay. on? Yeah, because when they're going in, it's like look these bullets, vampire killers, silver tipped wooden bullets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's like hey you've got like maybe just two shots and the vampire's dead wood in the heart silver in the head so i mean it may be but you're right it is dumb it is it's like not, it's not well telegraphed no. why that works it works because the story needed it to work yeah and that's a flaw i like how they bring back the tripwire or the the, the slim Me wire. Too. i like how they brought that back from the beginning and how jamie's like gets him every time because someone called it that a uh, pos weapon which is like no it's not it's yeah that's a, that's a that was a that was a really good reveal uh mm-hmm. because we hadn't seen that thing in a while yeah uh, I, re- I really appreciated that yeah now one of my big problems with this movie as much as i enjoy it there were a lot of things that i felt like they were trying to set up in a in a possible sequel or like little carrots of like maybe like throwaway lines is like uh, say that the El Hefe line is like, hey, do you think this is El Hefe? He's like, no, nah, this is too big for El Hefe. I was like, what? I have a, I had a, I had a feeling that was yeah. one of your problems. Yeah, no, and no, no, even, no. yeah, and even um, wait, oh, sorry. Oh, I'm not, I'm not muted. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay, because we're like, don't throw it. I was like, what are you talking about? Um, besides, besides that, also when they're going to attack Audrey's, um, like Audrey's vampire tomb. And there's a bunch of familiars, but they're building vampire killing bullets. It's like you're working for vampires, but you're making bullets to kill vampires. Um, that isn't that counterproductive in in a way. I don't, I don't know. They just there's like a few things, and even like like the the whole social hierarchy of vampires, or even like the whole the sunscreen thing. The sunscreen thing, like Audrey was saying, oh look. I'm putting my arm in the sun, but I'm not completely burning up, but we can still live in the daylight. I have the day. We can seize the day. Who the hell was she talking to? That's never explained. There is a, um, there's also a bit, um, to kind of your point, this didn't bother, this didn't bother me. <laughs> like it bothered you, but there is a moment when they, when they're in the team up scene, which is a great action scene, uh, mm-hmm. with the two brothers and they shoot who they think is a familiar. And it turns out as a vampire. Who was sunscreen on? He runs away. That was that was the one. I was like, feels like the sunscreen thing should probably should be a bigger deal. The way they kind of just like, oh yeah, sunscreen's now a thing. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, are we going full blade with some daywalkers now? Or even then, even then, like a lot of those ones are like, mm, I don't mind. This is a vampire killing movie with Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg. Like, I I can let some of this slide. True. Um, I think the bigger thing for me is just like, for the fun of what this movie is presenting, the villain just doesn't impress and. Um, I think that like some of the lore shit just gets a little too confused up its own butt. Yeah. Um, but that uh, like that doesn't bother me as much, and like it just it I do find the family dynamic with Jamie Fox a little tiresome. Yeah. Um, I 
I will I will kind of bounce kind of kind of like back up and a little bit with the El Jefe one. Because I did expect a post credits scene, something to kind of tease El Jefe because the way they talk about him is not necessarily something that hurt the movie at all. Um it is just it is just a little weird that they kept doing specifically that and then never really paid that off. Sure. Um but can I talk about a positive? Yeah. Yeah. I think Jamie Foxx is incredible. He's a treat to watch in this movie. I, I will be honest just real quick on the El Jefe thing. Um, sorry. Uh, I I think I was tired when I watched this movie. Um, it did wake me up with some good action, but this was early enough where I might have missed it. But I, I interpreted that the person she put in the cement was El Jefe. Mm-hmm. I can see that. But El Jefe, El Jefe is considered, is is thought to be older. But I guess that is rumor. That's not. That's that's the whole thing. Is he's, yeah. So I think so. The person she put in the um in the in the cement was someone by the name of Sasha, and she's on the phone when she's going to her daughter's house, and the and of course she the the guy on the she's on the phone was who now I'm assuming is El Jefe. Saying it's like you had no right to take out Sasha, and she's like, "Oh, please, we own the night. Why not seize the day? What I'm doing, we can take control of the city. We don't have to be burdened by just mm. working in the night." And then it's never brought right, up. Right, but again, you're so. but you're saying you're assuming that the person on the phone was El Jefe. I'm you assuming the person that. on the, on the phone it. was El Jefe, but I know for a fact the person she put in the ground with cement was not El Jefe. Well, well, well yeah, you don't know that for name. a fact. Because you'd only know the person's name, and El Jefe wouldn't be that person's name. It was no, El Jefe's a title, not a name. Yeah, I, I know, be, but she wouldn't be calling him El Jefe. Right, right, but like so she Sasha, called... Sasha could be El Jefe. I'm saying you don't know for a fact. I, I this was this was my read when I watched <clears> it, and I'm not saying it's correct. I'm just saying there is not enough information to say that Sasha is not right. El Jefe right, because my... the implication is that he was the guy, right? He was the guy running the vampire show. Mm-hmm. in the valley he was the dude who was living by the old traditions and the old ways and she put him in the ground because she wants to do new things and that's why i was interpreting he was el jefe okay i was interpreting him as um a high level grunt who wronged her and no she... no she tells him like you live by the old rituals and we're done yeah. with them okay so he's, he's not a grunt. he's an he older he's ideas. a person okay i think i He's I don't a big because... person. He's like the um, he'd be like, I, I don't know in the in the like um hierarchy of John Wick. He wouldn't, assuming he's not El Jefe, he wouldn't be the high table. He'd be the person under the high table. If he's El Jefe, then he'd be the high table. Um, you're not wrong, Ben. That like there's just not enough information to say one way or another. But that was that was what I thought we were doing. Is that I was that they were saying like he, because they say like you know what she's doing is too big to be to be El Jefe well that's the whole point is she's overtaking what he was doing in the valley and yeah. like he was like an entity they knew of but were having trouble pinning down well she pinned him down she put him in the ground um that was my read Ben's right there's not enough information one way or another to make it clear what's going on yeah because uh, yeah. I also I mean I'm I'm with Ben I didn't read it that way either I didn't think he was a grunt a low-level grunt I but I didn't think assume he was El Jefe well I I mean I did, not like when I meant grunt, <clears throat> I didn't mean like low-level street soldier I meant like he had a position of power but then he essentially wronged Audrey or his plans were in weren't in line with Audrey so Audrey's my... like, I, this isn't this dude is an obstacle in my way to get what I want 
And right. the phone call just seemed like the phone call, the, the person she was on the phone with, he seemed like that was top dog level stuff. He's like, hey, you took out one of my guys. You had no right to take out one of my guys. It could be. Um, yeah. My my read was that the guy in the ground was was formerly higher than her. Yeah. And that's the whole thing is she's put him down. Okay. Um, we'll never know. No. Uh, or we will. I don't know. In a future film, if this gets one. Brandon, you're right. Jamie Foxx is pretty good in this. Uh, I was going to actually say something else. Um, okay, go ahead. No, in regards to... Oh, the exposition. I've been talking a little bit about the exposition. It's not something that really hurts me, hurts the movie all that much for me. But I, there's, a, there's a lot of exp- exposition that is not delivered very well. Um, and I talked about the scene where they talk about all of the different vampire types. And that's that's cool. I like the idea of different vampire types. Me too. I like um, the way that it that he works out the logic, like the problem with the hive. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't feel like that really comes to any fruition of like fully explaining like how why she's bringing them together, like how she's yeah. doing that, how she's making these different types of vampires want to live together. The implication for him of like this is wrong. Um, mm-hmm. They would never be here together. Uh, is pretty good. Yeah. yeah, and then, but there's a line that Audrey says where she says, "Audrey, right? That's the bad guy." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, where she says, um, humans used to worship us here. And then they find like the, the temple underneath the valley. And meaning that at one point in the past, there was a vampire worshiping society in the San Fernando Valley. And I'm so interested in that coming to fruition. And it never does. It's dropped pretty quickly outside of possibly setting up the set piece for the end for the end fight yeah uh and i thought that was a that that's one of the examples of just like the exposition of this film just comes at you so fast and loose and it never quite pays off in a, any meaningful way yeah because it's so front-loaded and then we just kind of deal and then we just kind of do away with it right i probably would have been okay with maybe 15 minutes more on the runtime to get some more to get some better exposition some more lore dumps um because I was curious. yeah because yeah I would like to know. I want to pa- wait. Want to pause you? I don't think you mean more. I think you mean uh, clearer. Yes, that's what I meant. Yeah, for like more for is not clear- the problem. It, it's not. The, it's not the problem that there's not enough of it. It's just not as clear as it needs to be. It's not as natural as it needs that, to be. That's what I meant. I meant clear. I meant clear lore dumps or clear exposition, so that way we can understand. Because I do like the the different vampires, and I do like how. When uh, James Franco set uh, character Seth, when he's when they're in the hive after they take out the hive, he's like, "This is all wrong." I was like, "No, let's explore this. This is interesting." Because if these all these vampires hate each other, and it's like, or they, if these vampires don't like each other, how come they're living together? What's going on? Um, and also, when they said Uber vampire, my brain thought to, about Uber, like the rideshare company. So I was like, "Why do they call them Uber vampires?" Just a bunch of rideshare vampires. My God, then. Or, or, they, then. or they get their food from the rideshare app. I don't know. Then. What does Superman translate to in German? Uber. Uber. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Supervamps. There you go. Um, yeah, I I think you guys are right. I think that the exposition stuff just needs to be cleaner. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that there's some sick ass action in this movie. There's really great vampire incredible. uh action stuff. Can't can't gush about it enough, y'all. Um, it's hard to describe, but like uh there's just really good shit. Um, a lot of contortionist work really excellent um a lot of really interesting stunt work there's also some some interesting uh cgi happening within the, some of the fights with the um 
the the use of a mirror in the first fight scene i thought was really clever yeah the Mm -hmm. brothers are played by um scott adkins who does a lot of Mm -hmm. um martial arts and and all that kind of stuff and steve howie and steve howie is from shameless and i love steve howie so seeing him here is wonderful they were Uh, they were a lot of fun they Uh, were i really is really great I really love their appearance. I think that just the whole concept of the hive scene is is executed super super well. There uh, is a there is an incredible sequence in that fight where I'm out, send me one, and you just throw they throw one bullet and he catches it in the barrel of the gun and then shoots it. And I thought that was incredible. I love not when not, oh go ahead. Not, not only does he throw a bullet, he unloads one bullet. It flies out of the chamber and into the that's other the chamber. Scene, that's the exact scene yeah, I was yeah. talking about. That's, yeah, the, that's, yeah, that's like, about. that's just so freaking cool. There's uh, a lot of cool reloads. There's a lot of cool reload scenes too. The part where um, the vampire throws Jamie Foxx upstairs and he's like, that guy just threw me up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jamie Foxx is really funny in this. Yeah. I think he has, I think he has moments. There are some, some scenes where uh, like, I would argue he's like, just, just, you know, he's, he's just doing his Jamie Foxx thing. And like that's fine. Um, there's this. There's the scene in the trailer. There's a scene in the trailer when he's just like, "Well, man, man everyone, everyone pees their pants the first time. Did you? No, but you. <laughs> he's but honestly, look, you did. He's honestly, in my opinion, he is in many ways at his best with Dave Franco because Jamie Foxx has just never worked alongside. I think someone who plays as fast as Dave Franco likes to. Yeah. Um, with his energy and it brings out a different dynamic from Jamie Foxx when he's more alone or he's like in the family unit kind of stuff I'm like oh this is like standard here we go here's Jamie Foxx doing what he does um, but I do like the, the interplay between him and his daughter especially in the car chase I sequence. do too it's cute <laughs> um, yeah especially the car chase scene I think that's a lot of fun yeah um, that's a great sequence uh, they, do, they do a lot of cool stuff here um, as far as the action goes uh, I love the idea of the fang market, although I don't understand. Like, I it bothers me a little bit that like fangs are worth so much, but we don't know what the heck they're worth so much for. Mm-hmm. Um, especially that there's a union of hunters that that do this, and like they make more money. They make more money than the black market. Yeah, <laughs> this is wild. Sure, okay. Um, I I can get on board, I guess. Uh, but I just don't understand why it's valuable to have them. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, they they could say like, oh, it's a proof of kill, I guess, but like, that doesn't totally kind of like they're kind of like bounty hunters in that. If if that were the case, then because they get paid for a kill. Well, well just by having the black market first would imply mm-hmm. that there is more value than just proof of kill. Yeah. So that's why it's like, I don't know that 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 concept doesn't feel like it's fully explored. Um, yeah. But I do like that the fangs are so unique in yeah. their look when they come out of a vampire mouth. It's crazy that they look so different when they look very normal, standard vampire when they're in the mouth, but when they come out, they look insane. Um, yeah. But I do like that they look insane. I think that's cool. Also, yeah. I kind of like it how um, Audrey's... Oh, sorry, one more tiny little thing about Audrey. She talks about how vampires are nothing without their fangs. They can't live without them. It's like, rip out... Rip. I was kind of hoping to see like Jamie Foxx or someone rip out the fangs out of a live vampire. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Suffer that way. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I got the impression that it's kind of like, um, you know, a bee. It's not quite like a bee can't live without a stinger. It's mm. like a because they won't they won't be able to feed without their fangs. Right. Correct me if I'm mistaken. Do we ever see her right hand man get killed? I know we see his arms get ripped off, but we do we even see him after that? 
Well, Dave Franco like tackles him to the ground. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. And the implication is, I guess he ate him. Can you eat another vampire? It, th that wasn't clear either. By the way, Snoop Dogg, I think is great in this. I think he's great eighty-five percent of the time. Yeah. And then I think there's a few times where I'm like, "All right, so this is like you know, this is Snoop Dogg being in this movie." Um, <laughs> All right. But I, I have to say, like, A, he was in it way more than I anticipated. And B, I mm -hmm. think most of the time he was a great inclusion. I mm -hmm. do, too. I really like that character, Big John. Um, I love the the, the minigun thing Big about Bertha. it. Big Bertha. I thought that was really cool. The big save. I think that's really great. Yeah. That's that's honestly the part where I'm like, he. I love Snoop Dogg. I enjoy him. That's great. He can't carry the sacrifice moment. It feels no, very, uh, it feels very, very forced. Which is probably why the decided to keep him they alive. should have they honestly like it would have played even better if he had just stayed mostly silent um but he's trying to put there he's written to put a little too much emotion into it yeah. um but he should have just like put it down and he'd be like light up a blunt and be like just go man i yeah. got this and like that'd be the end of it because that's all it should have taken and that mm -hmm. would have honestly played better i think so mm -hmm. if you're bitten you don't automatically become a vampire or is big john a vampire? i assume we're living by the rules of Buffy. Uh, well, Buffy's not the only place that does this, but that you have to drink from them as well. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, uh, no, Princess Sparkle Bunny. We're talking about Archie versus Predator comic a little later. Uh, yeah, Ray, Predator looking, was last week. If you're Ray. looking for Prey, that's here on our YouTube channel. On its own separate channel, uh, on its own separate video also, so you don't have to sit through all the... Ben, I got it. too many cooks in this kitchen um <laughs> uh yeah i think um god where were we at oh snoop dog yeah um i don't i think it lives by those rules that uh i think that's the implication that um you have to drink the other vampire's blood to try sure. um i do i do like the cheeky like lost boys moment of it's like you know what i love about the valley all the vampires <laughs> like leaving it off um i, uh, I, uh... I think that's fun I think James Franco's turn is is kind of abrupt, abrupt, but I appreciate that it. I mean, there's not really a lot of setup for this, but there's a little bit of setup with like, oh, the vampires are real people. You know, it's crazy to think that these are real people, and then like the payoff being that there are two good vampires. Yeah, I think that's kind of. I think there's something there, and I like that Dave Franco was a good vampire. I think um, it gets a. I think it does get a little murky about the concept of like a lot of what Jamie Foxx's character has done it and like what we've seen him do and what we know he's done is hunt down juvies who are the young ones and the young ones are probably in the most despair and it's like there's an implication of like there could be a better way out for their own humanity yeah. um and but the movie's not interested in playing with that concept and that's fine yeah. I still stand by that I'm like I really like Dave Franco's character in this movie I think he's fun I think he brings out a lot of good energy from Jamie Foxx I think Heather works better in a third act where he actually ends up just killing Dave Franco's character because yeah. that means that he has to rely and play with her more um, and it's honestly a more tragic moment for Jamie Foxx's character if he failed to save him but um, there's not a lot of that in this movie and that's okay yeah um, I like how the secret organization is uh, teased kind of in the same way that John Wick was in the first film. Mm -hmm. um, I actually appreciate that. We don't really get a lot more outside of like, Oh, they've, they haven't been around for very long and they've just expanded internationally. Like there's some cool stuff there. I really like the way they do invisible, the invisibility in the mirror. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I think that that effect is done really well. 
Um, I really like the grandmother. The, I mentioned it. The fight in the fight scene, how they use the mirror with the grandmother, I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. It's an older one that I really like to see, um, and I think they used it to their advantage really well. I also really like the concept of the multiple air conditioners to let you know that a home has a vampire in it. They have yeah. to keep it really cold in the valley. Yeah. Um, three to four air conditioners for a one floor small home. And there was pretty actually, telltale sign. What's actually really interesting about that is that felt like it was. It felt like it was um, set up really well in a, in a way that this movie kind of forgets to how it showed us. It didn't tell us. Yeah. Um, because the first time we see Jamie Foxx go into a vampire home, we see his breath. And that tells us, oh, they have to keep it really cold. Yeah. Right. Well, as he, we need to know. But, before, but before he walks in, you know, we see a line of four mm-hmm. air conditioner units. And I'm like, yo, I lived in a two story apartment and I had one of those. And I know yeah. that's too many air conditioners for this house. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get the same thing when the brothers are raiding the hive. We see multiple air conditioners yeah. for that home that yeah. shouldn't have him. Because um, you just don't need that many for that, that size home. That, that hive fight scene is so good. It's really great. It's the highlight of the film, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I think the shitty boss uh, character at the union works pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. I think that he's played well. I think his his interaction both with Big John and Jamie Foxx's character all all works pretty well. Um, yeah, uh, I I think there's a lot of inventiveness in the weapons. There's some cool stuff there. Um, there's a lot of fun world play in this movie. Honestly, like the movie the movies the movies like negatives working against it would be far less incremental with a stronger villain presence. Yeah. Shall I read what Ryan wrote? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So Ryan says, do you want me to read his score, his score as well? Mm, yeah, go ahead. Might as All well right. right now, even if we have more to say. So Ryan says, I give Day Shift an 8 out of 10. Great action and inventive vampire stuff, even if it's a bit shallow. Villain was serviceable, but fun enough. Heather, the vampire friend, didn't have much going on other than we need to de-sausage-ify, de-sausage-ify this fest. So I wish she, she was more developed. I didn't want to say that because I knew Ryan said that. And I was like, he's so right. That's exactly why Heather's here. Other than that, a good time at the TV movies, eight out of 10. Yeah. Um, I think also we didn't play enough with the concept of familiars and like humans that would be devoted and how they felt about it. That kind of thing. I agree. I think, I, there's just a, I think there's just a lot of like pieces on the table that we can, we could play with more, but like, again, what really matters is that the characters overall worked family concept is like uh, in the sense of the timeline like just the i've talked about it the wife the wife's bullshit bothers me a little um but the the action is good the setting is good the the world is unique in a way they did some cool stuff with vamp i'd rather they take big swings with creating new ideas around vampires than just do the usual and they did they did take some big swings um and i think that the characters mostly work really well, especially our main cast um, with with Franco, with Snoop Dogg, with Jamie Foxx. So, um, yeah, I had a good I had a good time watching it. I had a better time than we feared a while ago. Great. You want me to rate it seven point five? Yeah. Seven point five out of ten. Uh, final thoughts. This was a fun time. I don't. I am actually really glad I watched it. This was definitely a more. It's because when you say vampire hunting movie in LA, it could go one or two ways. It could go like pretty good or like really bad, I feel. But this is definitely one of those movies. It's like this is a fun watch. I mean, yes, there are some glaring problems with it, and there are some things where I wish they they expanded on a little bit more. 
But other than that, I still was very entertained. I was having fun. I mean, I do agree with Brandon. There were times it was pick up your phone in certain instances. But other than that, solid film, 7.5. I agree with a lot of what you guys stated. Um, I stand true to everything I said. I think it is a very good time, though. Um, I really like the actors playing our heroes. I should clarify. Um, I think they're a lot of fun. I think the action is fantastic. Um, Rivals are not... It's close to John Wick. It's not quite John Wick, but it's close to John Wick. I think think the action is very good. A lot of practical action that I really liked. Um, I felt this was a very cinematic movie. Uh, Felt very cinematic for Netflix. Didn't quite feel like, you know, what people are claiming the Gray Man is or things like that. Um, very bright and brightly colored film. Uh, yeah, I really liked it. I really had a good time. Eight out of ten. I think this is a good, um, good point, Brandon. Uh, uh, I think eight out of ten is a good score. I, I, I come in a little lower, but I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a good comparison against compare and contrast against the princess, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, all the action is here, but so is a lot of the other stuff we I was saying was lacking in the princess. You know, this has like character stuff, this has world mm-hmm. stuff that's really engaging and all that. Uh, this is this is landing where I think the princess fell short. This has a lot of the things that I think that film needed to yeah. sell more than just its action. Shall we do our book club then? Uh, yeah, let's book it. Ben, don't, for the love of God, take it away. Don't do it, Ben. Don't do it. Ben, take it away. <laughs> I, was, I was like, where, where are you going with this? All right, don't so my... try to stop me, Shmi. Don't try to stop me, Shmi. Shmi, try to stop me. Shmi, you stop me. I stop me. <laughs> Good pull. Uh, so my book club is uh, Archie versus Predator, which is written by Alex DeCampi, penciled by Fernando Ruiz, inked by Rich Koloski, and colored by Jason Millet or Millet. I don't know. It's spelled M-I-L-L-E-T. So there's probably a bunch of uh, different pronunciations for that. Anyways, this is a book. This is four issues of Predator and Archie. What do we think of this one, guys? I learned I learned something this week, which is that I apparently hate Archie comics. Who knew? Um, yeah, I think Archie's terrible. Um, top to bottom, if this is what they're like, which I assume it probably is, they are awful. Oh my god. Um, we just have Betty and Veronica being petty bitches over being in love with Archie, and then Archie can't Honestly, Archie is the big piece of shit because Archie knows and he's just like, oh, I'll love this one. Oh, no, wait, I'll love this one. Oh, I'll do this. And that's Archie forever. Jesus. These are terrible comics. Predator no. should kill all of them. <laughs> so literally every character in here I felt deserved to die. Even Jughead? Even Jughead. Oh, okay then. He eats a cake with a man's eyeball on it. What do you want from me, Ben? They're all terrible Uh, people. They're all selfish assholes. So, you know what? I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole this week. Um, 
I was watching a bunch of videos from a bunch of other comic YouTubers talking about Sonic the Hedgehog comics and Ken Penders and that whole fiasco. Sure. And in each one of those videos, they said that Sonic the Hedgehog was Archie's number one selling book outside of the title character. Uh-huh. So the more I, th- I mean, this was, and this was published by Dark Horse. This was not published by Archie Comics, although they definitely gave their. It was a partnership. It was, it was a partnership, partnership exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was a partnership. But um, a good old fashioned intercompany crossover. I'm baby. Sorry, Ben. Ben has pointed out that I guess I need to clarify. I mean comics literally about Archie and those oh, characters. I know. Oh, I, I know. don't mean the Archie Comics organization. So oh, what I'm hearing is you just hate every employee and every writer who works at Archie Comics. No, no, oh, oh, no. I just hate all the people that live in Riverdale. Apparently, no, no. <laughs> I understand. I understand what Sparks, what Sparks was saying. I completely understand. But uh. Yeah, when I picked this, I was just like trying to find something, and I remember, and I saw Archie v Predator. I'm like, screw it, let's go with that one. We just saw Prey. Prey was fun. I loved Prey, and give me some more Yaucha. Now, like, just kill them all. I, uh, I want when I was reading this one, I was like, okay, what I want is a high body count, and I got that. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty, ha- I'm pretty satisfied with it. It's not a great comic, no, it's uh, it's, but it is. I, I did find, have a good time with it. It's kind of parodying of what Archie is. It is like Archie hyper focused, um, but it's not that. It's not that different. Um, I like that they brought in Sabrina. There's some interesting references to Afterlife with Archie and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah, there's the the backup where Chilling Adventures of Sabrina meets Hellboy. Hellboy. That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I. So there's a thing that I, I feel pretty strongly about. Um, there's this one where uh, um, it's this is early in issue one. Be back in 10 in your best outfits, gals. And remember, for us, best dress means least dressed. And I'm mm. like, here's the thing. <laughs> here's, the thing. here's the thing. Um, there's an amount of like where you know you're making... Uh, you're pointing out that a thing is bad by by displaying it and like you're you're educating in that direction 30 rock falls into this camp a lot for me today um because it it does this thing where it's like because we say the thing in this way you should know that the thing is wrong and it's like actually in the context that you displayed it you are actually just enforcing really bad ideas and stereotypes because you're not actually countering it you're just saying here's the thing but it's okay because we're saying this is bad but it's also the behavior that everybody will engage with and say is okay and that's kind of where i fall on this one which is that the the rampant misogyny of uh the characters in in archie comics and just the like really plasticky terrible ladies as they are portrayed is like that's fine and i think it's even like it's trying to do tongue-in-cheek parody of archie and it's trying to like execute on these characters i'm being a little critical it's trying to execute on these characters being uh obscene in the way that they are like these are obscenely bad things for these characters to say and do and that's and that's and that's why they should be murdered that's um, when they change whenever the predator kills one of their friends and gets blood on them. Uh-huh. You know, it's supposed to be parody. Right. Because in a real um, situation, you wouldn't do that. Right. And, like, I I get it. Um, I feel like it desperately needed um, for me to, like... Maybe the point is to hate all the characters. I guess that could be it. Maybe maybe that is the point. But, like, it, it I, maybe this is more of just a me reflecting on, like, boy, I think maybe Archie comics were a mistake. Um, <laughs> and, and like, that getting that read, because I've never read Archie before. And now here I am, and I'm saying, um, 
I don't think that these characters have a counterpoint to say like, but actually this behavior is bad. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, if you are just taking this at face value, it's like this, this behavior is, is the behavior that, that it is. And that, that, that is enforceable unless you obviously already know that this is wrong. Um, It's a lot lot more adult than your average Archie comic. Oh, sure. Uh, Obviously it has to be because of, because the predators in it, but like, even so there's like, you won't find uh, explicit sexual innuendos or uh, a, or a kind of uncomfortable reference to the AV club nerd wanting to kill his entire school. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, you won't get any of that in a, in a real Archie comic, right? And I guess like I don't feel like the comic goes hard enough on saying like, "Hey, everybody in Archie is actually the bad guy." <laughs> and I wish it went harder on that concept. Mm-hmm. And I think nowhere does that land more fully for me than Archie himself. Yeah. Like when Archie looked like he was going to turn into a gross monster, I was actually super stoked for it. Me too. But then he just becomes like a superhuman and I'm like, no, 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 no. You missed the point. The point is that he should have become a, become an ugly monster. Both of the girls should have rejected him when he saw it. And then he goes into a crazy rage because like, that's the only thing he ever relied on to validate him. And that's also the only thing they ever cared about in him. Um, but they don't go that way. And I'm like, Ugh. anyway, there's a lot of fun, cool stuff, though, here. There's a lot of fun to be had, especially with the Predator murdering these people who I'm too, just too gleefully uh, happy to watch get killed. Um, I I do think that it they do some fun stuff. And I think it's funny to see the Predator in this setting and in this art style. I think the first issue is mostly boring. Yeah, I think the 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 book really picks up when the predator actually shows up into the um, story. Yeah, I I really like Dilton's little like uh, pulling out the telescope, like, oh gorgeous! I can't wait to press myself against your aperture. <laughs> yes, and then the comet flies through, and he's like, yes! <laughs> I think that's cute. I think that's that was funny. Cr- yeah, that that was yeah, pretty. That, that 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 was. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I was really. I was really happy when uh, Cheryl and Jason died by the predator. Like when, yeah, when you saw them hanging up, I was like, okay. God, it's so good. It's so good to see the goofy Archie art down there. And then like the predator with mangled bodies in the trees. And it's like, y'all gonna die. Y'all gonna (laughs) die. And so like, what was, what was so cool about, about that is because I got, that's when I started kind of getting into the book, the final page of the first issue. Um, And uh, when pop gets his head blown off, is a really cool this is a really really cool moment yeah i agree um which oh but why. they also but i think they also add in too much because the jaguar dagger oh yeah that, yeah that whole thing feels a little yes i agree i think the jaguar dagger is like a little ooh, uh, okay um it's just kind I, of it's kind of it's kind of just serves as an excuse to keep sabrina in the story it serves as that and also an excuse to say like that's why the predator tracked them is because they had a weapon Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. it sees them as like worthy hunters for it to chase down. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Is it's minor. I, I guess at, at best, like this comic works as like the good Friday the 13th movies where like, you're really honestly rooting, rooting for Jason. Um, <laughs> and you just want all the teenagers to die because they're all pieces of shit. And if that's sure. what this is going for, then I think it nails it. Um, I do really like, um, like one of the only reasonable characters, I think, which is the black guy when he says, uh, Hey, ugly. Your mama said it was your birthday, so I got you a present. And it's the <laughs> it's the grenade moment. I think he's cool. He's like the only one who doesn't say anything shitty the entire time and is dedicated <laughs> to his girlfriend. So yeah, um, kind of sad to see him go, but I like that he went out like a badass. He's the only one who deserved to. Mm-hmm. I really like 
the high body count in this. Because at the end of this, the only person left alive in Riverdale, the only two people left alive in Riverdale are Betty and Veronica. Riverdale is and, all gone. And I don't want to talk about the ending yet because I really like the ending. Um, but uh, I do kind of like sit there and go, we get just the mention of the mass grave at Sabrina's. It's like yeah. just a mm-hmm. side, it's just a side note that we mention. And then um, I do like this. Uh, the entire Riverdale police force, both cars, were helping Greendale's cops. <laughs> I thought that was good. But then like the the house, the police, and the mass grave, everything at Sabrina's was just replaced with goats. Yeah. There's just goats there now. And that's like, that's all that they said about that. They're like, oh, that's weird. And then we move on. <laughs> I thought that was weird. That was weird. Oh, man. There, there were definitely times when I was reading this book, I was like, "Oh man, this book is so bad." And then it's like, "Oh man, this book is great." It, it I when, was constantly well, Sparks flipped. is right. Sparks is right. When the book is killing people, it's a good time because you're like, "Yes, get them." Yeah, it's like tick tock. Get a predator. Get a predator. And then it's like that when the predator does show up, and when the predator's doing Betty, it's like, "What the hell's going on?" Predator. I did like the audio visual. Uh, not audiovisual power, although AVP is a pretty cool acronym. Mm. <laughs> that was cute. That's cute. Is this this book is also called AVP. Okay, so this is this is the page where I was like, okay, I think you do know what you're doing to skewer these Archie characters the way they deserve to be, which is when Dilton comes in on the robot um, yeah. and reveals he's been building the Archie robot, and they say, "What? Why is it Archie Dilton?" And he's like, "Don't you realize, Veronica? Everything is Archie." and i thought that was pretty good i was like okay okay i think i think dilton knows where he's at um oh uh maybe one of my favorite horrifying ways that a predator skins a skull is literally pulling dilton's face off with mandible i thought that was good it's a crazy comic it's because it's in that archie comic style so it's like it's not as horrifying <laughs> yeah because when you see it in that style you think oh this is gonna be as far as i know i haven't the only archie book i've ever read was mark wade and Fiona staples run and that's it um it's a good book other than that it's just like when by you the see way that that's star- three ish- that's three issues yeah exactly exactly like when Fiona staples was off the art i was like eh, i'm done um daddy installed a panic room in loge manor last year after that russian arms deal went sour what jesus christ <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, because when you see that Archie art, um, art style, the traditional, or air quotes traditional Archie art style, you think, oh, this is going to be wholesome, wholesome fun times. And then now nah, you just get a bunch of misogynistic jerkwad teenagers who that, die. That's what my issue with the first issue, because it's just kind of like a, a hyper, it's kind of a hyper comic version of Archie. And I was, I'm kind of reading, I'm like, okay, blah, 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 blah. But like, I think the Predator is left off the table for far too long in that first issue. Like, I don't need him to be murdering everybody right away, but like, there's nothing really because I'm just re- I just feel like I'm reading an Archie comic in the first mm-hmm. issue, yeah. and I guess that's kind of the appeal that we talked about with Prey, where you just kind of drop the Predator into a different scenario, and this is you just drop the Predator into an Archie book, but it doesn't quite work the same way that Prey did. Yeah, it's because it's because Archie books are apparently terrible. <laughs> um, these characters suck, uh, but I'm glad that I'm glad that that's the point. Um, uh, I do. It's kind of hokey, but like the the got got the grip moment. Um, you know. Oh sure. <laughs> fun fun reference. It doesn't make a lot of sense for the moment that's happening after that, but whatever. They call the uh, bar Dutches in Costa Rica. I don't. I saw that. 
I, I agree with Ben, though, that there's something a little, like, I don't think it's a, it's made obvious enough in some way, like, what the Predator's fascination with Betty is. I don't understand why the Predator feels bad for stabbing Veronica. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's not really clear to me in this version. Um, I can get the, like, I guess that more than anything. Like, I can get the Predator being like, no, Betty, you can go, uh... <laughs> Betty lives. It, I don't know what's happening. Um, yeah. Uh, God, Betty, you're 17. Gosh darn years old. You'll get over Archie. <laughs> um, I was really glad that Archie died. I was too. And I, I do like... Okay, so the, the, the ending is funny because the ending is horrifying. <laughs> like, even the Predator knows. Like, you see it on his face, like... Mm-hmm. This is this is terrible. This is horrifying. What's about to happen to the predator? Um, the, the the predator is turned into Archie at the end of this book. The predator is the prey. Um, in the end, yeah. uh, like the real predators are are Betty and Veronica's unreasonable appetite for Archie. Um, yeah, I it it was fun. Uh, it's not a bad comic. I do think it's I do think it's a fun time watching the predator just absolutely butcher these teens. Um, I just kind of wish that Betty and Veronica were dead at the end because I hate them. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, If there's anything else, cool, cool job. I you may you want Archie and Predator? You did it. It, It's there. Apparently, there's a sequel. Um, There, I think it's I think it's unrelated. I think it's just a separate crossover. No bullshit. That's I don't know. I haven't read it. I want to. I want to watch a predator just like stuck looking like Archie, just like, like you frustrated. Because like the thing, the reason why why I probably remember it being an unrelated sequel is because like the other characters are in are in it, but you've killed them all, so you don't have any. You've killed every Archie character at the end of this book. You're you have no one left. Archie versus Predator Two. Yeah, let me know. In the hopes of reversing the massacre of their friends. Betty and Veronica take the polymorph predator to memory lane in order to alter the past, only to find it converted into a construction site. Despondent, the two girls and the predator leave Riverdale, only to find themselves back in Riverdale in an alternate universe, where their friends are still alive and about to go to a Halloween party. Dilton, now costumed as the predator, Jesus Christ, announces that he has found a way of tapping into alternate realities, but as he activates the device in his helmet, a host of predators intercept its signal and trace it to Earth. Sparks, I, I wanted you to read this Archie vs. Predator 2, not season 8 of Riverdale. I'm sorry, um, one and the same? <laughs> sure, of course. <laughs> oh my god. Because like, I was hearing this, I was like, this is Riverdale. Riverdale would do this. Yeah, they would. Um, but I guess that means that means Riverdale's a good adaptation of Archie, because like, Archie did this. That actually kind of sound, like, sounds mm. awesome. I might read that. Okay. Ryan's book club is picturing a predator trapped looking like Archie trying to communicate with other predators. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Ryan's book club is next week and he did send it over. Uh, He's going to do She-Hulk volume one by Charles soul and law uh, and disorder. That's the title of volume one law and disorder law and disorder. Um, ties, Ties in with a show, I believe. There's a show. There's a show know. coming out. Are you asking me? Yeah. You're asking. Are you Are you asking me if there is a show about She-Hulk coming out? Yes, Sparks. Is there a show about She-Hulk? Shut up, Sparks. I don't like you right now. 
You love me. You ruined my bit. Um, we there's no really no good place to talk about it, but the billboard marketing for She-Hulk, I told Brandon, has been excellent. Yeah, they have like the call lawyer She-Hulk oh. uh, kind of billboard marketing. I think it's very good. Okay, yeah, that's they that's also made good. a Tinder profile for her. That's less good. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that part. It matches with everyone. Oh, the, literally literally like her about her info is like this isn't real but do you want to pretend like it is for a moment man oh could you God. imagine check out she hulk yeah she goes on dates disney plus august 18th <laughs> oh my god next week we will not be talking about she hulk however we will be reviewing the latest film in the dragon ball saga dragon ball super superhero i'm excited everyone's excited no, that's the Dragon Ball Z Kai theme song. Yeah. What's the Dragon Ball theme song? Your Dragon Ball Super theme song? Yeah, that sounded great to the listeners. I know, it must have. must have. No, the Dragon Ball Super theme song changes every every couple of arcs. Oh, okay. Um, Which is kind of a bummer, honestly. So I, I, I wish that they had remastered the original Dragon Ball theme. Chala. Chala, Hechala. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, guys. That'll yeah. do it. Yeah. Clearly, yeah. we're all excited for Dragon Ball. Let's just yeah. talk about Dragon Ball for the next 30 minutes. Why do I we gotta... always end this? We can end this. We can end this and say goodbye to everyone and just keep talking. I have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> I have. I've had to pee through the whole book club. <laughs> you could have gone. I... No, I had things to say, and I wanted to hear what you guys had to say. All right, all right, I'll let you go. All right, guys, uh, that'll do it for the show. Then no Dragon Ball talk until next week. Um, make sure to like this video. Make sure to subscribe to our channel, and you can find all sorts of shows on this channel, such as Fake Nerds Watch. Fake Nerds Watch. What are you laughing at, Sparks? What did I do? No, I was just laughing at the reaction of what I said. That's all. Oh. <laughs> uh, Nerds Watch recently put up Umbrella Academy. We have been talking about doing Sandman. Um, it will it will happen. Just um, Probably not this week, right, Sparks? You're leaving? I still haven't. I haven't watched anything. So, you know, it's going to be a moment. So it'll be a bit. We're, we're going to do a... We're going to review it after we read the volumes. We've decided. I, well, you know, like, I don't expect Ben to read all the volumes. No offense to Ben. There's only two. Two and a half. Oh, I said half. That might get him. <laughs> Just like the trailers. <laughs> Just like the trailers. <laughs> all right. Okay. So that's, uh, so, but anyway, Umbrella Academy season three is up now. You can find that in the description below. And you can find all sorts of other shows, such as Basement Arcade. Basement Arcade, uh, is the is the video game let's play series that we do where you can um watch us play video games such as mortal kombat x absolutely and basement arcade pause menu is our video game discussion show mm -hmm. um probably a new episode soon i bet i believe you recorded a, a, a recent one yes new episodes coming out soon cool did you do that <laughs> okay um picture <laughs> book club and education <laughs> Our other shows that you can find on this channel. <laughs> We're really funny, Sparks. <laughs> For our audio listeners, we changed Ben's name again. It says Big Bentley Magnet. 
Well, I, so I did Big Bentley and then Sparks added the magnet. Oh, I didn't know you were doing it at the same time. <laughs> I wrote the whole thing. Oh, man. We're so yeah, funny. Great Sparks. minds. Great minds. I love you. You're my best friend. I get to see you next week for Dragon Ball. We get to see each other. We get to see Ben, too. <laughs> I get to see Big Bentley. For he's Dragon significantly Ball. less excited right now about it, but he's going to have a great time. Ben, just think about how much joy you have brought us today. I might be sending your presents back to England in an hour. <laughs> All right. Do you still have my address, okay. by the way? No, I'll just give it to you guys next Saturday when I see you. That's right. The... I'm seeing you next Saturday for Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Guys, yep. next Saturday, next Sunday on the show is Dragon Ball yeah. Super Superhero. So exciting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Victor Book Love and Animation Station are the other shows that we do on the channel. Uh, hopefully you'll see new episodes of those someday. You can find our Patreon and our Public in the description below. Uh, if you'd like, you like to support us financially, you can do that there. Uh, or you can find all the links to everything that I mentioned on our website at Victor Book, nope, victorpodcast.com. Um, <clears throat> all those links are down below. Website link down below. Check it out. Um, uh, Thank you to everyone who listened. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Thank you to Get everyone who listened. <laughs> what? You six first? Get it together, man. You got it. <laughs> Let's get us to the end. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to uh, Jeremy Bellucci for our theme music and all the music that you heard tonight, as well as um, <laughs> um, you can find his podcast Suburban Proctologist on Instagram at, sub, at Subproc Podcast or Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official. You can find his Instagram at Jeremy Belucci Keyboards. Uh, yeah, cool stuff. You can find our good friend Mike Batola uh, on a recent episode of our show. You can check that out. That's link. That's that's on that's on our channel. Check it out. A lot of fun. How to Train Dragon. And he does a couple of our logos. And hopefully we get him on soon. Mm-hmm. probably not this month though which is unfortunate it's it's tight there's a lot going on yeah um but uh we already know the game that we want to do so that'll be a lot of fun yes uh you can find him at mike matola on instagram and tiktok mm-hmm. they put up some really funny tiktoks this week did you see them i did yeah the one with um, michael kane that's pretty good <laughs> it's just so... is... oh yeah that one <laughs> i did but, see that one um, I okay. wish he'd had more in his beard. Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, you can find him. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All at Fickner Podcast. Fickner at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm a BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find my writings on Screen Rant, Atomic Geekdom, and KaijuMedia.com. Sparks. Uh, you can find me just uh, gushing about how much I truly love my dear friend Ben Magnet at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. And our dear friend Ben Magnet. You can find me and my dead fisheye charm at Ben Magnet27 on Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> and TikTok. You can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, and GoNintendo.com. And also, um, I'm still playing it. Um, me and my buddy are pretty sure we are officially going to go this year. We're still in the planning stages, but... Can he see? I no, I cannot see. I can hear you. <laughs> cannot see. That's the... That's the point of the blindfold, Brent. 
Holy shit. As I was saying, uh, I am planning to go to Portland Retro Gaming Expo in October. So I'm going to be there for the entirety of the show. Uh, so if you're going there, and I mean, I'll put an official thing, but that's what I'm planning to do this October. And of course, more information will be revealed. But yeah, so if you're going to Portland and, I'm, and I make it out there, I hope to see you there in Portland. Ben, when is that? That's uh, October, the weekend of October 14th, I believe. Let me double check that. Okay. So, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, for those of you listening to the audio, you're really missing out on some quality visual gags <laughs> by not watching us on YouTube, which you can find. It's linked. I link it. It's linked there. You can check we out the video. <laughs> okay. Please. Okay. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. Greatly appreciate it. Like this video. Subscribe to our channel. Until next time you see us, guys, stay fake nerds. Bye.